Bam! Just like that, you just witnessed a very first intro for MNC Hoops. And if you are not pumped like we are, you don't like basketball is all I'm going to say because that got me ready to sub into a game and ready to start playing. Coach, put me in the game. I'm ready to play. Nick, CJ, how are we doing on this Sunday, March 19th, with CJ just said 10 games away of our regular season? How you guys doing? Fantastic, fantastic. The season's winding down in the NBA, but March Madness is March Mad. I don't even know how to say that, but it's like, bro, the Blue Bloods are gone. Easy now. The Blue whoa. Bloods are gone. Both of them. Whoa, whoa. Both of them are out. Out of here. I mean, but besides that, man, we're doing good. Sir, all is well. Doing great. It's a big, big moment right now for basketball in general. End of the season. Teams trying to get into the play-in. Teams trying to lock in seating in the top six for home court advantage. And and then we've got March Madness right now. You know, a team's trying to do something special uh, in, these, in these couple of weeks. So, hey, hey, man, it's just it's an exciting time for basketball. And it's, if you're not a fan, uh, you're missing out. Absolutely. Now, you know, always we, we talk about food in some form or fashion. And, you know, I'm just going to quick ask, because March Madness is its own breed of sports watching. And honestly, I kind of forgot how much I love March Madness until March came back around. And, you know, you think Super Bowl, it's the the Buffalo Wings, it's something to that uh, pizza or whatnot. Do you guys have a March Madness food that you go to? Is it a sandwich, bag chips? Like, do you catch yourself, hey, like, okay, I've got nothing but basketball games going on. Let me sit down, prop my feet up, get my blanket that I love to death, get the pillow behind my head. All right, I'm munch on what? Peace and wings is the go-to. All at once now, honestly, honestly, it's, for it's every wings. for any sports event, pizza and wings for any sports event, honestly. Particularly boneless for me, but I know people are different. I know CJ is going to go the traditional route. We ain't going in that so, argument now. We just ask, <laughs> but ask hey, what we like. Pizza and wings. <laughs> pizza and wings, bro. Always, always. And look, I'm not I'm not a big soda guy, but if you want to get a little Sprite, Coca-Cola, whatever it is, it is what it is, man. Okay. You know what? I'm fine with that kick because we never really talk about the drink-wise, but Sprite's fine. No, Coke, we never did. Cola, no, that's nasty. Coke, you, you burp. You don't like Coke? But anyway. No, I don't drink nasty. soda, so I mean, that's, it don't matter to me. Yeah, I don't really drink I mean, soda I don't know what either. soda is, but, you know, it's... Oh, my Coke God. Are, 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 you, are you a pop guy? Don't, don't tell me you say pop. I'm hillbilly. Yes, it's pop. You really pop? Oh, my God. We say soda on this side. No one around we here say says soda. soda. <laughs> you're, you're definitely if, Midwest. If you say, do you say soda, CJ? Yeah, we say soda on the side. I mean, I've I've seen like I've what is growing up, and then I got family in the south. Like they say pop, but yeah, of course, up here in the city, soda. Yeah, but you know, you have like what what is pop back in the day? Used to say pop. What is pop? The sizzle. Okay. Okay. Let's going back a little bit. It's it used to be called soda pop. Okay. Right. And that's where it got soda or pop. We just said pop, okay? And soda, like that just sounds so weird. It's like, you know, you're almost from Minnesota area, like the soda. Like, I'm, no, that's not my accent. I don't say soda. I'm pop, man. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't even look at that, look at it that way. I promise you. <laughs> okay. CJ, what's your go to food and drink? 
Yeah, my go-to food and drink, you know, just for watching, you know, like, yeah, like these type of events, right? Mm-hmm. Call it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I used to do like the traditional, you know, pizza and wings, but but now it's like, now I'm trying to just make like food, make good, good food, swell eats, swell eats, you know, like lasagna and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. that's how you, that, you have to get together. Like, that's how you're supposed to do Because, yeah, like, you know, pizza wings lit, but just think about it. Like, you're doing that every single time, you know, so... If you switch it up and make like everybody bring something, like bring a meal, bring some food, that come together and just eat, you know, eat swell, watch the game, you know, with your people. Like that's oh, we feast. That's the you feasting exactly. You look at it that way. I feel like you remember it more because you'd be like, oh yeah, remember when you bought this in and you brought that dish in, as opposed to like yeah, you know, you bought pizza and wings, you know. So you know, pizza and wings is good, but I'm saying like if we expand it a little bit. It'd be crazy. And it just better eats too. You know what I mean? I totally understand that. Uh oh, and then you said for drink? I mean, for yes. me, I'm a I'm a water guy, as you guys know. Water, uh, water. Yes, yes, you guys can see exactly. But for you know, obviously lemonade, things like that. Uh there's lemonade always hit, you know, any type of flesh strawberry. Yeah, lemonade is like a go-to. Yeah. <laughs> always. It's just, it's just a go-to. You know, I'm not I don't I don't have I don't I don't drink the I really don't drink, you know, the Kool-Aid. And I'm not, that's never really been my style. But, you know, lemonade always hits, always. Always. I have not, until about three weeks ago, had Hardy's lemonade. And I'm pretty sure I'm addicted to it now. See, now you got to stay off that. Yeah, because it tastes like lemonade, but it is a little, you know, but it got spiked. Hey, it's good. I don't care what it's got in it. That lemonade is good because I'll be honest with you. Hardy's only thing I ever eat at Hardy's is breakfast because after that, it's pretty much trash. Sorry, Carl's Juniors, whatever you want to say. Hardy's is pretty nasty when it comes you guys, to You guys have friendlies? Friendlies? No, never heard of that. that no. I, mean, I never heard of friendlies. Not even the employees at Hardy's <laughs> are friendlies, but you know. Yeah, friendlies is like, uh, yeah, friendly. Where, where was I when I went to friendlies? Um, it was, it was somewhere down south, I believe. So, yeah, but it, it was it slapped though. I ain't gonna lie. At least at least I thought it did. I was young. You just cherish the moment. You don't even be thinking about like you just. Hey, I'm just eating right now. I'm just eating swell. Mm-hmm. Thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this for me when I was watching the game, I did go traditional route and get some wings and actually fries from Pizza Hut. I didn't know Pizza Hut even had fries, but apparently they got a basket got fries. of fries. And they were pretty good. But uh can't say too much because when Kentucky was playing their first round, I was at work. So I can't say I watched the game too much. But let's just say I was able to pay attention quite a bit while I was at work. When Pizza Hut's right next door, got some wings to come over, which it got, what was it, a, a spicy garlic, I think, they had for their, their wings. And it was real good. But I'm going to go ahead and say it. Kentucky lost today. CJ, you're still a little bit out of focus as you I see yeah. you're trying to fix that a little bit. But it was a tough fight, and I just want to take a moment to cry just a little bit that Kentucky's out of it. But I'm not hurt. I'm okay because Kentucky has struggled all year. I hate it for Oscar. Uh, Shibway is a wonderful guy, a great dude, and I actually think he's going to have a decent career in college all season long. I didn't think he would – have a good college – or I'm sorry, college – NBA career, which we're more NBA what we talk about. But watching him play more in this uh, – the March Madness, I do think there's spot for him in the NBA, uh, especially as agile as he is for a big man, the hands that he has. I I think 
he can develop more of a defense. He lacks as far as the pick and roll defense. That's where he struggles a lot. But, you know, that's on a whole different conversation we can get into. I want to talk more just March Madness, what's going on. But I hate that Kentucky loss, like I was saying. It saddens me. But I felt like this team actually struggled all year. Now, beginning of the year, I thought this team was championship or bust or Final Four and bust. But as games were actually played, I began to realize that maybe we weren't just as good as we thought we were or as I thought we were. So I started to say, hey, I'm not going to be out of shape like most of us Kentucky fans do, and I'm just going to accept where we are. Uh, I think our future is still good. Some of our players come back. What I'm really excited is there is a chance, CJ, you might like this, but Toppin has hinted around about possibly coming back. He said whatever Oscar does, he will do. I just found this out. Oscar is a senior, but he actually is eligible for another year because of the whole COVID extra year thing. So he technically could come back if Oscar and Toppin came back with all this uh, class that we have coming in with Wagner. And I think uh, the number two, the number three, and like the number six overall recruit, can't remember everyone's names. Plus with maybe another player sticking back, Reeves didn't play great tonight. Livingston looked great maybe we can make another run and rebuild. What we do is succeed and proceed. So, okay, it's over with. We lost. Let's move on. But let's still enjoy college basketball as we're going on. Because there's been wonderful upsets. Uh, Furman for one. Uh, Arkansas with a big upset. Who did they beat today? I think it was the number one. uh, Drawing a blank here. Who did they beat? Who was it? Arkansas? Uh, Arkansas beat today. Was it Kansas? Arkansas beat Kansas. Kansas. Yep, the uh, defending champ. They beat Kansas yesterday. Big win. He's a little old coach, but he jumped up on the scores table, took his shirt off in celebration. Come on, coach. I mean, yeah, that's cool, but at the same time, don't take your shirt off. Leave it on, man. Yeah, that was crazy. You beat the defending champs, man. You got to celebrate, man. You – Okay, I'm a big believer as act like I'm supposed to be here. Yeah, celebrate, but let's not act like we upset someone. Like, let's act like we're supposed to win the games. That's how I am. Yeah, you want to celebrate and have fun and and have your kids excited, but then you shake the hand and say, hey, boys, we're supposed to win. Let's move on. Let's see who we play next, and let's do it again. That's the attitude I've always had. Not to take a shirt off in front of the nation and celebrate that you won. Like that's what you're hired to do is win. So, I mean, it's it's a trend cool. nowadays. I mean, we saw it. we saw last year. We saw last year with Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly got up on the scores table acting crazy after but they won a playing game. A playing game. Hating. I'm not hating, but Beverly is also a player. Player coach. It's a little different. It's a little different. And I'm not saying I don't hate it. I'm just saying it's weird that a coach was doing that. Am I going to do it? Absolutely not. So that's all I wanted to say about Kentucky. Thanks for giving me the time. What team have you guys been really excited about watching? Man, first and foremost, let me just go ahead and say this. I got I got the prison tide winning it all. I got you know to win it we all. We should have actually done a bracket. Why didn't we do a we bracket? We should have done a bracket. We should have. But it is what it is. Honestly, I mean, there's there's no actual perfect brackets anymore. I think I think after day one, after Furman beat Virginia, that was pretty much a white. But let me just mention this about Alabama. Um, obviously, I mean, I'm not even gonna. I mean, I'm not even gonna like you know 
not acknowledge this. You know, we all know, I don't know if you guys know, but the situation that happened with one of the players, you know, who ended up getting arrested for shooting a female, you know, that's obviously an unfortunate event. But, you know, now go heading into the tournament, you know, the Crimson, the Crimson Tide, you know, they have a lot on their back right now. Um, Brandon Miller, who is one of my personal favorite players, in my opinion, he's number two in the draft right behind Victor Wamiyama. He's having right now a pretty decent um, tournament so far. And then they got, you know, they have a really great head coach in Nate Oates and the rest of those guys. So I think I think they have the recipe for success so far, you know, especially with Kansas gone. Um, you know, a few other like a few other big a big seeds are gone. Kentucky's out, Duke is out, you know, with a lot with a lot of these like top tier teams out, I feel like right now. Alabama has the green light to possibly win it all. Their, ne- their next game is later on this week against San Diego State. That's definitely going to be another tough matchup, but I feel like Alabama's going to have the formula for success. But let's get into a few of these upsets. I was very upset. I had Duke going to the Final Four. I had the Blue Devils going to the Final Four. They lost to Tennessee. Give credit to Tennessee. I'll admit, I slept on y'all, man. I didn't think I was going to beat them like that. I'll just be real. I didn't think that was going to happen. And then, of course, you had Arkansas beating the defending champs, Kansas. Now, I'll be honest, I did actually pick Arkansas to win that game. A lot of people did not believe me, but I was like, hey, down the stretch, I feel like Arkansas is going to be able to execute perfect to perfection. Um, Kansas had a few turnovers down the stretch as well. Um, and then also another big one I don't think people are talking about was Florida Atlantic beating Memphis on a game winner, you know, going to the rim. I can't remember the exact player, but definitely kudos to him. That was definitely a that was definitely a big surprise, especially after Memphis just won the um, the AAC tournament. So, mm-hmm. March Madness is lit right now, like a lot of big what? upsets, and not even what and not, not in that game. Which game? Which game are you talking about? The Memphis game. What happened at the end of the game? I can't remember exactly what happened. I know, I know the kid. I know the kid from Florida Atlantic ended up hitting the game winner with like a little left-handed floater. I don't remember exactly what happened after. I do know that Kendrick Davis, he looked like he was hurt for a little bit. I don't know if he like, I don't know if he like turned his ankle or something like that. I'm not 100 percent sure, but he did end up coming back, coming back into the game. But Memphis had some costly turnovers down the stretch of that con, especially with like the last like 25 seconds. You know, those are some big costly turnovers that you could say were game changers in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I mean, it, it was still a pretty good season for them. You know, especially after the last year. You know, Penny Hardaway definitely shut down all the haters. Throughout this year, you know, like I mentioned, like I mentioned earlier, you know, they won the conference championship. So even though they weren't able to make it past round one, I think a lot of fans, a lot of college fans should still be optimistic about what their future looks like. Um, well, see, that's actually what I was referring to, because Hardaway actually apparently allegedly threw a water bottle after the end of the game. Did you all see that? I didn't hear anything else about it. Just I didn't see that honestly. That's crazy. Okay, there's a. It was just a picture of it, or two two step picture, I guess, or two two different pictures. One where he's draw back with it, and the next one it's it's in the air, yeeted pretty much, and that's all that was said about it. Uh, Hardaway loses his temper, temper temperature temper after the game, and throws a water bottle. And I'm like, like, is there any more to this? Like, is this kind of I mean, leaving it off? Is the emotions, man? I mean, you just you just lost in the tournament. You know what I mean? I mean, and, and I get it. You know, you definitely, especially as a coach. You know, when you're a coach, you are a leader, so you should hold your composure in that situation, and then possibly and wait not to jump back. on top of a scores table and take your shirt off. Sorry, keep going. I mean, it, it is what it is at the end of the day. But I mean, you know, Memphis end up getting out. But there's also 
the first the first official upset happened this Thursday. Virginia. I don't understand it, man. Like, you know, they're up one. The shot clock is off. Why are you throwing an outlet pass from full court? Why are you doing that? Then they get a turnover. One of the guys affirming his a game winning three pointer. Now you're out of the tournament. Well, all you should have done is just allowed them to foul you so you could get free throws. And then you could have really iced the game. But hey man, it's 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 um it's decisions that we gotta live with, man. And hopefully, you know, for these guys, you know, hopefully it, it allows them to be better coming into next year and we'll just see. But overall, like I mentioned before, March Madness is great so far, man. If you have not watched throughout these first, like you know, throughout these first three or four, uh three or four days. I would definitely recommend you to possibly go back, catch catch some of like you know the big upsets and everything. Also, even for the women's as well, you know, Princeton ended up beating NC State. That was a really big win for them. Um, South Carolina's on the way to the Sweet 16 right now. LSU is playing Michigan. They're up 22 points right now. Um, Iowa's playing terrific basketball. Indiana's playing terrific basketball. Ohio State ended up making a comeback. So, like it's like CJ said earlier, man. I mean, like you know, this is like the best time for hoops right now. Like. All overall hoops, and I'll be real. I'm upset that I can't even watch all the games at once because my anxiety goes bad whenever I'm missing a certain play because I'm watching this game or that game. Like you know what I'm saying? But overall, man, I mean this this is just like the most exciting time for hoop heads right now. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So you said you taking Alabama to win it all? I'm taking, I'm taking the tide. Yes, I'm taking the tide. All right, Michael. And what about you? I'm actually trying to find my brackets that I did online, and I can't find them. You remember who you, who you picked to win? I don't, because the way it played out on my upsets, it was not a one or a two seed. I think. So okay. give me a couple minutes. I'll let you talk about what you got going on. Hopefully, I'll have yeah. the pick by then. Yeah, no, I mean, I was uh, – it was, you know, college just this time. Again, it's just so much activity. And uh, – and there's so many upsets, and this, and the, because these teams, they want to win, and and the thing is, <clears throat> you don't hear about a lot of these teams on the mainstream yeah. level, so mm-hmm. they're they're underrated, and, and they have so they have so much uh, to to give, and so much to show to show why they're they're ready for this moment, and they're not going to fear any team. You go out there, you have your best game, you could go out there and dominate and, and be successful. So. It's, this is this has been a, a crazy crazy time. <clears throat> yeah, the, the upset for Virginia that was just a bad play. I don't know what he was doing, man. It was just just so just unfortunate. Low IQ play in that moment. Uh, low IQ, a, a low light, and, and it hurt their chances. And it's just it, just attention to detail. That's that's really the 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 main thing in this tournament is attention to detail. If you don't have that, it, you're going to get bounced out. And it's those little plays. Who's going to make the hustle plays? Who's going to make those little plays that's necessary t- towards impacting winning offensive rebounds? Like Oscar tonight. Like he was getting the offensive rebounds. He had, you know, 18, 18 rebounds. He was going crazy. Uh, he had he had the the energy. It, it's just that's what that's what it comes down to, man. So I mean, I'm excited to see what uh and also for so some of these guys where they're kind of at the bottom of the first round for the draft, maybe in that bottom bottom uh, fifteen, and and if they have a have a good tournament, eyes are on you, and that could definitely boost your stock, and and going to a higher getting drafted in a higher position, in the draft. So, this this all all of this matters. 
It's because because it's all tape. It's live tape. And 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 these guys from it doesn't matter St. Mary any any of these schools these and these uh, colleges, they got ballers. They got hoopers. We just have, we're just not watching. We just don't see it on TV. But that doesn't mean that these guys can't get to it. And, uh, and I think that's a, that's the most beautiful thing about March Madness is uh, is this moment. Okay, that's how you know it's there, man. The sirens are going off. That's how you know it's there. <laughs> <laughs> CJ was like, man, I was going to talk about so much more, but that's going on, so it's mute. But uh, looking through there, I did actually, uh, not that I'm Kentucky biased or anything, I actually did think the East bracket was the weaker of the brackets as far as upset alerts. And I actually picked Kentucky to lose first round. That's really where I'm at with this team. So I'm so happy we won. I, it's funny because I was, I was going to tell you that I, I picked them to lose in the first round, too, against Providence. I, I did, too, because I thought uh, B-Hop was going to go out <laughs> against Kentucky since, you know, he played for Kentucky last year. I had a lot of emotions going on there, plus the uh, – the uh, cheat sheet basically that he's going to have on Kentucky. I mean, he basically the scouting report. He lived it for a whole year. So um, if, I think if either team could have bought a basket or two, that Kentucky possibly could have easily lost that game because Providence shot pitiful, but Kentucky just shot bad. So the defense for Kentucky outlasted their bad offense. So with that being said, my team actually was Marquette or is Marquette who I picked to win it because I didn't have a lot of faith in Purdue, mm. which is actually out on, uh, and uh, I had don't I never buy into Duke. They either win it all or they lose the first two rounds. So anytime I see them as a Kentucky fan, I can't pick them going far. I always have them losing out too. So I already have Duke losing out. So I, I've got Marquette making a easy way to the Final Four. Marquette lost. Marquette lost already, brother. I know, but that's who I had uh, picked. Oh, I mean, had. I've, I've got to tell you what I had. Oh, okay, so, can't so, lie. So who, you, baby. So, who you have, so who do you have now? Well, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> Struggling now, man. This team is out. My team's out now. Uh, yeah, I, the, I the, floor, to... the floor spacing for you guys was just not existent, man. Bro, Jake, Jacob Toppin and Antonio Reeves combined for two for 22 shooting. Horrible. Yeah, the rough, two, both rough. nights or both games, like we were horrible offensively as far as shooting. Like we were one for nine, I think, at one point from three point line. And uh, Reeves hit that three, and it was like uh, a, a busted up offensive set in the 35 second shot clock. And it was down to three, and he fumbled the ball. And he's like, hey, I've got to shoot. And it was just almost like it was reflex shot, and it went in. It wasn't like it was a good play uh, set up to, and, uh, for a three where he'd be open. It was like, I just got to shoot it, and it went in. So it's almost like Kentucky the whole time, and we're getting back to Kentucky. I don't want to keep staying on Kentucky because I'm a Kentucky guy. I'll do it gladly, but I don't want to take all the time. And but I, I, but no, like, I mean, if if you don't, I'll definitely talk about it real quick. Well, I'm just saying, I don't want us to take up March Madness and only talk about Kentucky because I'm a Kentucky boy. But, like, our offense, and I'm not saying anything Calipari like everyone else does around here, our offense gets too one-dimensional. Like, we have to get the ball to Oscar if he's in the game. Like, everything goes through Oscar. It's like everyone else tightens up so much and think, I have to pass the ball to Oscar or Coach Cal is going to, like, jump down my throat or something. I don't know if that's what really goes on or what. But it's like when Oscar's on the court, everyone else like tightens up, and that's the only thing they can do. There was one time Toppin was, I would say, I'm going to guesstimate four feet away from the three-point line. And I, I would say two feet over from the very top of the key. So, you know, top of the key over a little bit to the right. And he picked up his dribble, pivoted around twice because the defense was on him. And this was sec first half. 
and he tried to make a uh, a bounce pass to the block to Oscar. That's a tough pass to just make when no one's guarding you because someone's on that. I mean, it's a bad angle, period. Everyone knows that. If you played high school ball, you have been fussed at if you're a guard throwing that entrance pass, entrance pass at that angle. It's told to you, pass it to the wing and let the wing feed it because that angle of where the defense is on the back can't reach around to get to it. So Toppin was like, oh my gosh, I'm about to turn this over. I have to throw a, 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 a to-the-block entrance pass from 20 feet away or plus more to try to make it to Oscar. I'm like, why is that what's going through your head when you're in panic mode about to turn it over or about to walk and pick up that pivot foot because you're, you've already picked up your dribble, you killed yourself on that, and, and that's what you do. And it's almost like it's just been instilled in them to throw the ball to Oscar and then let everything else be flown from that. And I felt like that's kind of what hurt us all year long, just to be honest. So Oscar's off the court. You actually get to see Livingston create. You get to see Toppin create. You get to see Reeves show something. Uh, Frederick couldn't throw a ball in the ocean, this SEC or NCAA tournament. It was just – it was bad offense all around for two nights. Pitiful. Good defense. I'm, I'm not going to say. Um, that point guard, what was his name? Marquise Noel. 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 Uh, he was well. good. He was good. He has some clutch baskets too. New York stand up. With the Bishop Lockman, yes, sir. New York stand up. So, so definitely, and it turned out <laughs> that apparently he reached out to Tyler Eulis at the beginning of the year about some pointers as far as being a point guard. That was kind of his role model coming into the league or coming into this college year. And Eulis, you know, reached out back and now. At the end of uh, Christmas break, Tyler Eulis is a grad coach for Kentucky. Turns out might have came back and bite us in the butt on that one. But you know what? Hey, it's okay. It's basketball. That's what goes on. But, Nick, yeah. what was your assessment of the Kentucky slaughterhouse? Oh, man, put the camera on me right quick, right quick, right quick. Let's, oh, do, it. Let's do it. Oh, <laughs> man. Um, Be gentle. As crazy as it is, like, after the first half, I knew that Kentucky was not going to win that game because I'm just going to be honest. Kansas State did not shoot the ball well in the first half at all. They went 0 for 12 from 3. So they didn't really shoot the ball well. And on top of that, Kentucky was crushing the boards against them because Kansas State couldn't buy a rebound either. Yet they were down 3 at half. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like, when you look at the numbers, when you look at the stats, it's like it should be a favorite Kentucky, but somehow, some way, Kansas State is winning. So that's how I was like, I, I don't know about this one for uh, for Kentucky. Shout out to my brother Will Lyons. He's a um, he's a Kentucky fan too. I gave him hell last year whenever uh, whenever they lost in the first round. So you know, I kind of gave him a little bit more hell even for this one as well. But um, <clears throat> I mean, you definitely got to give credit to Kansas State. You know, they made big plays down the stretch. Um, Noel, like CJ Miss, you know. New York native, you know, made some big, made some big shots. You know, had a big three pointer like late, late, late in the uh, late in the contest as well. But overall, man, like when you look at the game that Oscar Sheepway had, and like you know Carson Wallace had as well, it's like you 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 would think of, you would think of it like man, Kentucky should have took taken this win, but you know it was unfortunate that the rest of the supporting cats were able to produce at the high level that those two were playing at. So that I think also that also played a 
big role as far as, you know, for Kentucky losing that game as well. But, but hey, man, I mean, you know, this will be a good summer for them to regroup. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure Calipari's got a, got a nice, got a nice, like, you know, list of talent that's about to come in, come into the program. So we'll just see, we'll just see number how number one. Let's go. Yeah, we number said D, DJ, DJ Wagner, right? Yep. Oh, yeah, DJ Wagner. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. His dad played for Calipari in, um, in Memphis. Yeah, his pops was nice. His pops was nice. And uh, he was just playing on the, uh, on the Cavs, too, with LeBron. Mm-hmm. On the Cavs, yeah. Early, early on. So, bit, yeah. The injuries caused them, though, man. Yeah, they, yeah they, they, uh, they're well known in Jersey. So, yeah, he's, he's definitely good. He's really good. So, that's going to be that's going to be great. Any anything any other uh, any other thoughts on, on March Madness and and, and what, what you guys have seen so far? I would dive into the Duke Tennessee game, but I haven't really watched enough of it to really dissect it, so I'm I'm just skip out on that one. Anything else, Michael? Right. I'm just actually looking right here. Miami Indiana right now halftime. Miami Miami's up forty thirty five. FDU, Florida Atlantic, 52-51 with nine minutes left. TCU and Gonzaga, that sounds like a really good game, but that's at 945 my time. I'm not making it for that game. Uh, Just trying to see some of the games left. Pittsburgh lost today to Xavier. Uh, Let's see here. Kansas State wins. Michigan State beat Marquette, (laughs) like you were saying earlier. Uh, UConn beat St. Mary. I think that was today, too. Baylor loses to Creighton. I was – I think I picked that upset, actually. And that looks like how we got. So, Tennessee has moved on. We don't know who they play yet. Tennessee looking pretty good, and I know you talked about not seeing that yet. UCLA is looking like a good team right now. Um, Arkansas and UConn, that would be a good matchup. Who do you think might win in that one, UConn and Arkansas? I'm going to go with UConn. UConn. I'm gonna go with UConn too. I think I think I think UConn's bigs will definitely play a big role as far as the winning. Okay. Now here's a good matchup that's gonna be on Monday. I think I'm sorry, Friday. Uh it's gonna be Alabama number one against San Diego State, number five. Okay. That'll be a good matchup, I think. Of course, Alabama. I was going to say, Nick, since you think Alabama's going to win it, I'm just trying to look through here and see who I think has a chance to win it. There's Shout no out to the Mountain West, though. Yeah, CJ, did you pick a winner? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was rounding by Alabama because I just felt like they had the best player in the country. There you yeah. go. So both of y'all are Alabama. Yeah. So you know, when you go with more times than not, usually in college, mm-hmm. they have a good supporting cast. But if you have that special player, you, you go places. So that's that's why I was I was going to go with Bama. It's because you have a guy that could you know take over the game at any moment. Well, if I'm going to pick one from right now, it's going to be either Texas or Houston, but I'm going to go with Houston, I think. Not a bad pick. Because I don't want to say Alabama. God. And I like and I like Indiana. Obviously, Mike Woodson, former Knicks head coach, uh, 50 and 32 season. A lot of special things for the city. Former also, uh, also was the offensive coordinator for the Knicks during that 2020-2021 uh, season. We went 41 and 31. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the fourth seed, so. Got a lot of got a lot of respect for Mike Woodson. So let's, let's see what they do against Miami, a tough team uh, with another really good head coach as well. Just so should be a really good game right here. We're watching the second half. 
Sounds good. Excited as always. I wish we could get more games. Is that is that bad? Like, can we not like have March Madness twice? Uh, I guess you. I guess you could say with the tournament, with the uh, conference tournaments. I guess championship is kind of a mini preview, but yeah, it's not the same. But I, I feel like it, it would take away the allure of. Uh, I agree. Yeah. I'm with you. I know. What you mean. Facts. But all right, let's transition to something that's been obviously one of the biggest topics in uh, the NBA, and that's as we're winding down to the end of the season, the MVP. Big talk, Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo. All right, Giannis Antetokounmpo is playing well. The Milwaukee Bucks are the, the number one seed uh, in the Eastern Conference after we saw Boston pretty much have that title for the majority of the season. Now, you know, the Bucks have that title. We also see the Philadelphia 76ers are on an eight-game win streak also with Joel Embiid and, and his impact and how well he's playing. And then, of course, the Denver Nuggets, they're struggling a little bit, but they're still a top team in the Western Conference because they have one of the best players in, in the NBA, Nikola Jokic. So I want to get your guys' thoughts. I'm going to start with Nick. Who who do you have? Yes. Who do you have is uh, going to be your the MVP for the 2022-2023 season? Yeah, Nick. Who's point, it going to be? I, at this point, I, I'm not going. I, I I really don't even care anymore. Like it, it's it's too hard to pick. It's too hard. What? To pick. It's very hard to pick. Let's be like CJ just mentioned it. The the Sixers are on eight game winning streak. Joel Embiid is the lead scorer in the NBA. Giannis has been dominant this year. Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets, they've been the most consistent team in the Western Conference. Like, it's almost like, I mean, we had this topic last year, and it was like, I was like, yo, like, just cut the trophy three ways, give it to them. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's really where I'm at with it. But Nobody wants a tampon, man. They want a trophy. Oh, my God. Pick a trophy, man. Pick a winner. We're live, brother. Oh, my God. uh, (laughs) Was that too much? (laughs) Oh, my God. We are live. But um, honestly, man, I mean, I mean, First, I'll start off with Jokic. Um, you know, the, the people love Jokic. You know, the fans love Jokic. The media loves Jokic. You know, they love what he brings to the table. And, I mean, you can't knock what he's done as far as numbers-wise. You know, he's – I think he has, like, 27, 28 triple-doubles or something like that. So, I mean, you can't you can't discredit what he's been doing, you know, as far as, you know, on the offensive end. But, as I mentioned, even last episode, the defense is, is definitely an issue. Definitely an issue. Um, you know, he's getting beat. He's getting beat by, you know, by, by different guys here and there. And, you know, that's definitely been very problematic as far as, you know, I mean, not even for just the season, but throughout his career. So that's where you can give the nod as far as Joel Embiid and, Nick, or, and um, Giannis Antetokounmpo because both of them do play defense and both of them play defense at a high level, especially Giannis. Joel Embiid, in my opinion, has definitely elevated his defense over the past few years. But – that's also a thing, though, too, because, I mean, the people love Jokic. They love what he brings to the table offensively. And then, of course, you know, going to Giannis, you know, it, it's crazy, too, because Giannis had, like, a week. I think it was, like, mid-January with, like, he averaged, like, 12 points a game or something like that, and people were saying that he was, like, falling off. And I was like, yo, what are y'all talking about? Like, this is absolutely crazy. And then he comes back. Yeah, stay off the NBA Twitter chat. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, definitely stay off the NBA Twitter. <laughs> but it's like – but then it's like they turned around, and they were, like, on, like, a – 16 game winning shape before before Philly ended up beating them, but you know Giannis has been super dominant. And then on top of that, you know he's had help from Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez. You know the list goes on and on. 
So I think right now they're really preparing for playoff time right now. I don't even know if Giannis really cares about winning the MVP again. I mean, he already has two of them himself. So, but I mean, I'll buy me, but you can't knock what he's been doing. And then, of course, you know, Joel Embiid. I'll be real. Like, I mean, like, I, I know that I said that I don't really care who wins it this year, but it's like if Embiid does get his first one, I would be definitely happy for him. I, I feel like, you know, he, he's been really asserting himself as one of the best players in the league right now. We all know that we all know that Jokic and Giannis have really been, you know, on the tear as or as of as of the last like four to five years, but Joel Embiid has been right there in that conversation. Like you can't knock Joel Embiid. I think honestly, you can you can make an argument that he's better. He's he's the best offensive player between those three guys. I think you can arguably make a case. I mean, I know that I know that Giannis has been you know working on the perimeter game. You know, and we know how he is. You know, in attack mode on on the run on the fast break, and then of course you know Nikola Jokic. You know what he's able to do offensively as well. Not even just scoring, but just you know just distributed the basketball, but yo, Joel Embiid has the package. Like I I was even watching um, some highlights um, last night's game against Indiana. Like he had a crazy turnaround. I was like, yo, that is, yo, most bigs are not doing that to hit any turnaround jumpers. You're like, that's, that's crazy. But I'll be real, man. Like I really can't choose. Like I really cannot choose honestly, but I mean, whoever wins it this year, I'll be happy either way, but I will say if Jokic does win it a third time, I won't be surprised either because I mean, and look, I mean, it kind of, it kind of goes to that whole JJ Reddick, Kendrick Perkins debate about, you know, the media and, you know, the voters and everything in a way. And it's like, you know, people love Jokic, you know what I'm saying? People love Jokic and the fans love him. The media loves him and everything. So it's like, if he were to win it for a third time, it's like, I would be, I would be cool. I would be happy with it, but I also wouldn't be surprised at the same time. All right. All right. Um, I'll go. And then uh, Michael could could finish off and bring us his thoughts on who he has for MVP. Take a Joel Embiid. And <laughs> right off the bat, boy. Right off the bat. No hesitation. I mean, because I just wanna, I just wanna share this for you guys, and this is just, this is insane right here. Look at this, right? In the month of March, and this is not just, this is the whole season, but look at this. This is just the month of March specifically. This, this is thirty, pretty much thirty a night. It's Crazy dog. A night. And and look Crazy. at the field Look at the, all of these games. None of the field goal percentages are are uh, uh, fifty below fifty percent. So he's just he's on a different level right now. He really is. He really is on a different level. Again, the two way ability is is out of, is out of this world. It's out of this world, and I I believe yes, I agree with you. He is one thousand percent the best scorer out of those three because he just he has so many different moves. He can play on the, on the elbow. He can shoot threes. He could drive. He could knock down his free throws. It's just, it's just no way. There's no way you could stop him. You know, he's seven foot, two seventy, and and he, and he can also protect the basket. For Jokic, fantastic basketball player. brings brings everything to that Denver Nuggets team. We we, we know we know his value. We know what he does. But defensively, even watching them last night. Uh, last afternoon against the New York Knicks, it's just there's really no no resistance in, in regards to protecting the rim 
when it comes to Jokic. And again, that's she's just that's his frame, that's his body. He's not as laterally quick to be able to, you know, make moves like that. But that's a factor. As if you're a center, your number one, because you're the tallest guy on the team, your number one goal should be to protect the basket every single time, 100%. That's the number one thing before you even think about anything else. Because you're the tallest guy on the team, you're supposed to be the guy to stop anything from getting into your basket, period. So with that, you need elite genetics. And Giannis and Embiid have that. And, and Jokic is obviously, obviously also athletic as well, but when it comes to the lateral quickness, the vertical leap ability that you need to be able to protect the rim, that's just something that he doesn't have, but he makes up for it with his other game. But in the playoffs, when teams are going to the basket, when teams are trying to find ways to go to the basket, will you protect the bat? Will, will you have to try at least step up, show some IQ, get a couple steals, commute, even if you're not necessarily protecting the rim, you're communicating, you're getting guys that are in front of you in the right spot so you can protect the rim and maybe come in on the help side. He has to do those things because we know what he's limited at on defense. If he could do those things, they'll be successful. And those, and also KCP, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, anybody else that comes in the game that's with him also has to understand we need to lock up as well before it even gets to Jokic. That should be our job. Should, no one should blow by me, period. No one should get past me. I'm I'm in the NBA. That should be their mindset. So it's a problem. It is. And for me, you just went back to back MVP. There's this narrative now that keep moving the goalposts for Embiid, right? It's like he's leading the league in scoring. We're seeing the numbers that he's putting up. And they're saying, no, you have to be the number one seed. Okay, well, we just saw Jokic win it last year, and they were the sixth seed. So what's what you know what what's the criteria, you know we're it's very no one knows the criteria we're just picking and choosing things to to fit narratives for who we want to who we want to pick. I'm going with Joel. I understand Jokic won the last two years. Giannis won the last two years before Jokic. All right. So that just goes to show where they are right now in their careers. They're in, right there in the prime of their careers, and in these next seven years. We're going to see who's going to be the best out of them. Giannis already has the the ultimate prize, and Embiid and Jokic are trying to get there. But in this prize right here, it's two two zero. But I think this year, Embiid Embiid should get it for sure. They're on an eight game win streak. He's been healthy. He's out there. He's playing. All the issues before, when he when he when he uh he was struggling with his conditioning and things like that years ago, he cleaned that up. He's locked in. He's been he's been a runner up for MVP the last two seasons. It's not like this is just flash at the pan type. He's having one of these special years. He's been a model of consistency and of excellence for the last two years. He's runner up to to Jokic. So I I just don't get it. I don't understand why teams why people are moving the goalposts. It's not a oh it's not a here take the award because uh you know you don't you, you don't have it and, and Jokic and, and Giannis have it. It's you, know, you you deserve this award. They're playing well. They're one of the best teams in basketball right now, and he's the he's the ultimate reason for that. So he deserves that credit. It's not a it's not a sympathy empathy award. It's, 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 you know, and then again, this is this is what people do. They they try to phrase things and use words to manipulate and try to shift shift your mind in a way to think, oh yeah, you know what? That is kind of no. It's not. That's not what it is. Look at the numbers. Look what he's doing on the court. He he should be. He's my pick for MVP for the 2022-2023 NBA season. You know, you make great points, 
As always, CJ, you bring up great stats. As always, CJ, and you made a good pick, but it's wrong. We all know that it's Giannis this year. Hands down that he's been the best player all year, leading his team for the whole year as the number one seed. And I hear your argument that it apparently we're making it for the narrative that it has to be a one seed. I'm not buying that. I'm just saying that Giannis is leading his team to number one, and he's the reason why. Now, I'm not – because I am one advocate for uh, Anthony Davis back in the, in the Pelican days. He should have won MVP because he was the only reason they won or went to a playoff. So I don't hold that where are you at in the seed thing that much. But you take Giannis off that team, they are trash. And I agree with you and be the same way. But since Christmas, when everyone loves to get presents and everyone loves Jesus, thank you very much, the Bucks lost that day. And since then, since Christmas, December 25th, they have only lost five games. And we are in March, March 19th right now for you podcasters that everyone's going to be listening to later on Apple Pod. <laughs> Probably March 31st. As- I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. Wow. What a shot. The only thing. But anyways, uh, they are 24 and 5 since Christmas, all led by Giannis, who has not technically had his Batman or his Robin all year really be there for most of this season step up either it be drew holiday be out or it be chris middleton be out has chris middleton even played i don't even know because we don't hear nothing about it because all you hear about is buck and the Giannis. that's all that matters and you know what i'm sorry let me click this drew holiday was all-star this year well congratulations so was uh steph curry for you my goodness Let's see here. Are we really about to compare Steph Curry and Drew Holiday? So here's some more stats. Look at these last few games. Now, I'm not counting, but I can probably do quick math. Uh, There's 40 all the way to 54, so that's 14 games. He's missed a few, but those plus or minus over there. He is killing in the plus every game. He's over double digits in plus except for maybe three right there. There is one game, of course. We all have bad games where he's in uh, minus 14 points, but he's averaging roughly, I see some 40 points games, 34, 34, 38, 31, there's some 23s, 27s, 21. So he's averaging roughly 27 to 28 points a game. He's getting 15, 10s, 15, 14, 11 rebounds, 19 rebounds. I'm sorry, those were defense first. So he's averaging a double-double in rebounds and points, obviously. He's getting 6, 7, 13, 4s, 9s, 11s in assists. So he's distributing the ball, too. We know this guy runs .15 positions as well. He blocks everyone. He's averaging anywhere from one to three blocks a game. So this dude is everywhere. Even steals, he's getting probably one point. Well, no, I don't see too many two. So he's averaging one steal a game. If Giannis is off of the court, you have to have all five guys pick up his slack because he plays one through five on offense because he runs the, the point four. And he does so much on defense. Embiid is good. And Embiid plays defense as well. But as a whole player, it has to be Giannis as MVP. Does it not? I mean, if you could make a draft of a team right now and every player was in the pool, number one pick is going to be Giannis because he's the most valuable player. Number one pick for you. Yeah. 
Because he's the most valuable player. <laughs> Number one pick for y'all. I rest my case. No, Russia. seriously, no. That I, I made my like quote unquote pitch there. If literally, who would you all want to pick at number one right now? I oh, think CJ. I think you would say LeBron James. Uh, number one. I mean, look, everybody healthy, of course. But that, let's 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 stay on. Let's stay on. Let's stay on the MVP. I still got. I still have a. I still got a couple more. Couple more takes Pro- to hit at you. So you. So you. Look, so you yeah, I'm. I'm glad you. I'm glad you. Uh, you pulled that up because. In that stats, right? You said the minus fourteen. Who they play? I don't know. <laughs> who did they play? You had the stats up. You don't even know when they played. <laughs> was it? Was it Philadelphia? Let's Pull the stats back up. Uh, it was Philadelphia. Yes, it was. Maybe yes, I did. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was. And in that game, the Philadelphia 76ers broke the the Bucks' uh, sixteen game win streak. Has so, the Philadelphia been on a sixteen game win streak? They're on an eight. They're on an eight-game win streak right now, and, and there's and only also, ten games left, so we can't do only, it. There's only ten games left, and that and that's fine. But also, actually, they can. Hell, that's they need eight more games to get sixteen. <laughs> Nick, you didn't pick a player, <laughs> but the bigger, my, my bigger my bigger point was when we talk about when I grew up and talked about, and we talked about the MVP. We talked Listen, about. If you moments. argue me, you got to be the same size. There we go. We talked about. We talked about moments. <laughs> <Get> size, <Bill. laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, I got this right here. Yeah, I got it. It's perfect. I'm about to. So when we look at the MVP, right? Oh, well, he just took me completely off. I said we got to be the same size. He didn't delete <laughs> me. Yeah. I got you. Listen, when we talk about the MVP. We talk about moments, right? Throughout the season, and usually throughout that time, all the candidates they play each other in the regular season, and we really watch those games and we see, okay, what are these guys going to do? Are they going to rise to the occasion, knowing that this guy is someone that is uh, in competition with me into an award that is one of the most prestigious awards in basketball, right? So, so, so this season, and B played Jokic. They got the W. Scored forty-seven, mm-hmm. and then he played the Bucks, <laughs> and then they played the Bucks. Like I said, and broke the streak. I believe he had twenty-eight in that game. So, those. So he. So he defeated his two uh, competitors en route to this award at the end of the season. So that, that again, gives him a big case uh, that a lot of people, a lot of these you know, analysts, you don't talk about that. But again, when I grew up and watched basketball and we used to watch MVP, I remember Nash and, and, and Nowitzki used to go at it in the regular season. And that would, and during that, during that time, 05, 08, that would determine who was going to win the MVP. And, and they, and all, and those Nash went back to back. And obviously Dirk had one as well. So th- those are, those are things that I see. And that's what I'm seeing right now that what that Joel's doing. And he he's he's my MVP. I think he's top five player in basketball right now, no question. Well, top five. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, absolutely. Behind behind Giannis. I, 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 I truly I truly believe it's interchangeable. Now Giannis had a special Giannis has the championship, right? And and Jokic mm-hmm. and Embiid, they need they need to get there. And to me, if they if this is a different. This is a different topic right here that I'm getting to, but I'm gonna just say this real fast. But if they, if they don't get to the finals this year, either one of them, that championship window clock, that championship clock starts right after that. Right after they get eliminated, or if they win, great. Obviously, it doesn't matter. Uh, then you talk about how how much more can they win. But if they don't win the championship, that clock starts because now you're twenty. Both of these guys are twenty. Embiid's twenty nine. Jokic's twenty eight. 
this is this is the conversations that we have with LeBron and, and everything. We're going to compare. We're going to compare these guys. We're going to have these conversations because look 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 what they're doing right now in the regular season. Look what they're doing in the playoffs. Years down the road, when we talk about who is the better player during this era, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about who won more championships. That's just a fact. Hmm. So I don't know why people. So this is key. This is key for for Jokic and B. Giannis has Giannis has the championship already, so he he has it, you could. Yeah, of course you want him to see want him to win multiple so he could get into that all time status. Mm-hmm. Before again for his competitors, they have to get there. But that's a different topic. For MVP right now this year, staying in the present, I, I think Joel Embiid deserves, deserves this award. No, no doubt about it. No doubt. About so it. is Tatum completely out of MVP now? I believe so. I believe he's on the outside. He's I mean, on, he, he's he, outside. yeah, I mean, he, he's probably he's probably an honorable mention, but he's not. He's not in that same conversation as the other three. Yeah, I, I, I really think it's just a three three guy race right now. Uh, and, I'm with you guys, and you know, uh, I feel like it's going to be that back. way for the for for their rest of their careers. That's their prime for sure. That's I mean, how it's be. Yeah, but uh, so few, so how does how do, how does Luca get this conversation, man? How does Luca get in this conversation? Um, competing with the Nuggets in that one-two spot, but I think the the Suns have kind of moved that narrative away from him. Lucas Lucas going to be in, he's always going to be in the conversation again. You know he's averaging pretty much uh, he's also averaging a triple double. It's just to get it's just those three guys are just they, they, impact, just just high, they impact the game. Yeah, they impact the game di- differently. Uh, Luca impacts the game as well. I mean they've they've been top five, top four seed around there pretty much after his first season. Uh, after the, after his second season, they've been. Right there, top some of the top teams in the West. They've been hurt right now. Kyrie missed time. Lucas out with the thigh injury, so that that's what's hurt it. That's what's hurt them. They got the big win against the Lakers on Friday. Big win, but he's oh yeah he's he's gonna he's gonna get a couple MVPs as well for sure, mm-hmm. for sure, no, no doubt. But they have they, he has to put up the stats and the team has to be up there too, and it, it's it could be also be a four team. Yeah, it could be a four guy race as well. You could throw Luca in there. You could throw a few a few players, but uh, right now. I, I truly believe it's between uh, Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid, and again, uh, I'm rolling with Joel. Nick, who you pick? Oh my God, do I have to pick? You have to pick. Okay, so, well, uh, try, to, try to give you some time to see. <laughs> you heard my right, wonderful well, argument, and then you just seen CJ throw. Well, CJ, CJ picked Joel Embiid. Michael, you picked Giannis into the Cooper, so it's it's only right. I, I guess I'm gonna take Jokic, just to make it fair. All right, yeah. Listen, that's that's fine. That's just fine. to make it yeah. fair. Well, I single- think no matter what, it's gonna come out of the East. I said that about four, three or four episodes ago. That I just feel like the East is going to win the MVP, and the only reason for that is I feel like there's been more of a top top two teams in the East, like. The Bucks, like I said, twenty four and five since Christmas. Now the Philadelphia 76ers are on an eight game streak. You had Boston with a big long streak for a while that had Tatum up there. Like, oh wow, Tatum is leading them to the MVP because the team is playing so well. Like they've been more relevant standouts. When it comes to the West, the reason I don't think Jokic wins it this year is because you've got the talks of the Suns in the West. You've got the Nuggets talk. You've got the the Mavericks talk that I think just kind of dwindles the MVP standout because you have these other teams. 
am I saying that's fair and correct? I don't think so, but that's just in my head and that's what I'm sticking to. Okay. And when I'm right, even though it's not right what I said, but when it comes out of the East, I'm say I was right. Yeah. And, and the Sixers right now also second in the East as well. Mm-hmm. And come in, they were really They're actually much- tied with Boston two games back. Yeah, two games back. Two games back, but the uh, but the Celtics have that have uh, one loss, one more loss than, than Philadelphia, so they're yeah. they're, they're second. Yeah. But and, and and it's just it just plays a factor into what to, to what Embiid is doing, and 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 who, and who knows they could. I mean, obviously, I, I would I would expect Milwaukee to, to keep that number one seed, but again, like like you just said, Michael, two games back, anything could happen in this in these next ten games. Teams have mm-hmm. teams have a little fatigue or. They're, they're, they're kind and of close. Injury. Yeah, injury, yeah, unfortunately, or, you know, teams coast because they know they're in the playoffs. They got it locked already. They close, they, they, you know, they coast somewhat uh, towards the end, and, and that could play a factor in what might happen. I think Milwaukee understands they want home field advantage uh, because that's important. That game seven game last year in the semifinal game against the Celtics was in Boston. So, uh, and, but they had an opportunity to win the game in game six, even with, uh, um, Jason Tatum going crazy. He still had an opportunity to win that game, uh, but you, you know, if you want, if you, if it goes down to Game Seven, you definitely want it to be on your home floor. You know, the role players step up. They always play better at home, so it's just all, all those things are a factor, and uh, that's also a big deal. Team success is, is a big deal when it comes to this MVP. Also, people saying, "Oh, it's not, a, it's not a team award," but it absolutely is a team award because the player, the the player that's that's, that's going to win the award is on a team. What? So again, this is you know, and when I hear when I see people like that on NBA Twitter, and they and I scroll and I see these replies and I see these quote tweets, and some of these basketball takes, and you know, again, when you when when a lot a lot of these kids was really like two generations grew up in that undisputed first tape mindset of how to view sports. Everything's a hot take. Everything's a hot take, and you're not really watching the games. And you're just coming up with these lazy narratives and lazy takes that really don't hold context. So uh, that that's that's the thing. We need to appreciate what these three guys are doing right now for sure, bro. They're, they're playing at a high level. That's a fact. Honestly, I mean, like, well, let me ask y'all. He has the. Let me bring this comment up real quick on YouTube. I don't know who it is. Man, that guy who picked Giannis <laughs> is ball smart. Oh. Thank you. I appreciate that, Michael, on YouTube. Man, if you all haven't subscribed or checked us out on YouTube, go to, of course, you can just go to youtube.com slash at MNC Hoops, and it'll take you straight to it. Go subscribe to our channel. Hit that uh, notification button. Subscribe to the YouTube. Let you know what's going on as well. And, Michael, thank you so much. You you know basketball as well. (laughs) Yes. Subscribe to to the YouTube, definitely, but. It just makes me think, you know, I'm kind of going back, you know, trying to travel back in time. Like, has the MVP race ever been, like, this tight? Like, I don't recall it being this tight, honestly. Like, even, like, in the years the Nash won MVP. Yeah, I mean, I mean, between this year and last year, this year and last year definitely, like, the most tight race. But overall, like, I don't think any other year has been, like, as tight. No, no, that's, that's definitely been years. It's definitely been years. When, when, Nash, when Nash won it, you had Dirk, Dirk in there, Kobe. Kobe should have won it instead of Nash that year. Uh, that's how tight that one was. Like that was a big ordeal. Of course, that might have been before your time, Nick. You're you're a young pup still. I'm 36, almost 37. <laughs> By the way, my birthday is in April, so like I expect something from you guys. You know, just heads gotcha. up there, first week of April. Gotcha, gotcha. But, uh, um, so, 
Yeah, there, there's been some. I hey, just feel like my, there's my more. birthday's two days right after yours. Hmm, what are you gonna? What do you, What do you want, Nick? You know what, Nick? I got something coming in the mail for you. Happy birthday. <laughs> yes, sir. And guys, guys watching the show, if you would like what Nick and CJ will be getting in the mail soon, it's going to be one of these wonderfuls. MNC, whoops, going the wrong way. Hoops logo cups. If you want one, hit us up on, I don't know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Send us a message. We can make that happen for you for probably... 30 bucks, maybe a little bit less. We'll have to find out what the price for shipping and everything. Just let us know and we can, we'll get you your cup. Yeah, let us know. Let us know for uh, definitely when, uh, if you want to get one of those collector's items, MNC cups, um, again, you know, limited, edi- limited edition. So uh, make sure you make sure you definitely lock in and let us know if you want to get one of those. First edition. Yes, first edition as well. Exclusive, exclusive. So exclusive. let's transition. Ha <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's transition to this top six overview, top six teams in each conference. Just take a look at the landscape of the NBA right now. Well, Nick is not wanting to get me anything for my birthday, and I'm upset. (laughs) All right. So here we have this. This is the playoff picture, but we're also uh, looking at the potential, you know, play-in tournament, how things might play out. Uh, The play-in starts April 11th, and the playoffs start April 15th. Let's let's look at the Western. Let's look at the the Western Conference right now. We we know about the Denver Nuggets. We we know they're kind of struggling right now um, during these last few games. Which I'll go. I'll start with Michael. What's your thoughts on the Nuggets? How do how do you see them uh, playing in the playoffs? Do you think they're going to struggle, or you think it's going to be a, a pretty dominant dominant run uh, come April? Okay, I'm going to say this, and Nick may love this. Granted, that eight seed. I'm guess I need to get my hands out of the camera here. If Golden State were to somehow make it as that eight seed, lose the first round, and well, my. I've got my screen big so I can see the uh, playoffs, and now I'm really huge on my computer. That flew me for a loop there. But if Golden State somehow loses to Oklahoma, which, I mean, is possible with the one game to play in, and make it uh, play in for that eighth spot and go against Denver, that's going to be trouble for Denver. I don't see Denver actually having a chance against Golden State, a healthy Golden State top offense. Now, I know Golden State's got some age, got some injury, lagging stuff going on with all that. Uh, they're finally healthy going on here. Seven and, and twenty-nine on the road. You still believe in that? Granted, abysmal. Abysmal. I was going to bring true. that up after. I, I was going to bring that up, CJ, but you already you already beat me to it. That is true. <laughs> that they cannot play unless they're in their mom's backyard because they get to use their own ball. But uh, so that would be definitely what goes against them in the Denver up on Sky High, whatever you want to say, playing in Denver. Uh, but as far as Minnesota, Utah, or Oklahoma, I think first round they've got it in four. Oh, I don't want to say four. I think they can win either of those games in, or a series in five or six games, easily five, six, if something just crazy goes on. Uh, moving from that, would they go against who, Phoenix or 
Clippers at the moment. Is that correct? Am I reading that right? What is it? I said if they win, if they win the first round, they'd go against the Suns or Clippers right now. Correct. Who's that? Which team are you talking about? The Nuggets. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a phenomenal series. They go up either against mm-hmm. Phoenix or the Clippers. Yep. Yeah. Personally, that's going to be I think six or seven games against either team because Clippers can score 175 games in an overtime and still let you score that much. But I don't know if Denver can score that many points. Because... <laughs> they have a have a one game. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the Suns, if healthy, we know Durant still favoring an ankle slip on warm-ups, whatever happened there. But uh, I, I do think the Suns would beat Denver in a seven-game series. I think Clippers easily could if everything was going their way. I say easily, meaning potentially they could easily beat them because they're that skillful. Denver has been the number one team all season long, but it's also season. We have a lot of seasonal teams that do great until playoffs. I would love to see Denver make it to the finals. I really would. But running into Phoenix in that second round could be detrimental for them. Uh, do you want me to go to the other side again with the Memphis and Dallas? I'm actually going to say I think Dallas would upset Memphis because oh, no, we don't really. Uh, let's, let's stay. Let's stay on uh, Denver. Denver real fast. Uh, okay. Let's get uh, let's get Nick's thoughts on that, and then we'll get into uh, Memphis and right after. Uh, you good? Right after that. All right, so Nick, yeah, you know, we heard we heard Michael just say Denver, they look good. He he hopes they they get to get to the finals. It, it'd be a good look, but he has he also definitely, has some definitely, he also definitely. Has some concerns. So, what's your thoughts? I can't really. I think Nick's got some lag going on. Okay. Nick, you good now, brother? All right, I'm not Are sure. you with us, Nick? I guess not. <laughs> How about you, CJ? How far do you think Denver at the number one seed can make it in this run? And what's their limitations? They could go on a good run. They could definitely go on a good run and, and, and make some noise. They have a talented team. They have some depth. Bruce Brown off the bench. Jeff Green off the bench. Michael Porter Jr. Uh, Jamal Murray, KCP, Aaron Gordon, and, and that starting lineup to to complement Jokic. They've been playing great basketball pretty much the majority of the season. So they have chemistry, and that's something that could absolutely go a long way um, into a playoff run. But I feel like it's really just about a, a matchup, who they match up with. If they match up against a team that, you know, is really drive to the paint oriented, then they're going to struggle because, again, Jokic doesn't have the, you know, the lateral quickness and the vertical leaping ability to be able to protect the rim now from a center like you would, as you would like to be. So that's, and also we see a lot of switching in the NBA now. Uh, a lot of these guards, they don't like to fight over the screen. They're going to have to do that. KCP, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, they're going to have to fight over that screen because what? Because if they just switch and leave Jokic on that island, it's going to be very difficult for them to – it's going to be very difficult for him to guard those guys. So that, that's how you beat them. You have to make Jokic work on defense, make him tired so he's not just chilling on offense, scoring and making plays. On that defensive end, make him work, make him move around 
So in the fourth quarter, maybe he gets tired um, and you're able to, you know, get, get those, get those drives to the basket, get those fouls. Knock, you have to knock down your free throws. If the ref's going to reward you for driving to the basket, you have to knock down those free throws 1,000%. Uh, so, yeah, that's what you do. You, you make him work. You, you have to. Yeah, you have to make him work on that end. Um, if not, he's just going to have a field day um, on, on offense, and he's going to get the rebound, push the you know push the break, get guys going. As those guys fill in the lanes, he gets the basketball, and those outlet passes, he's special like that. So it's not going to be easy to defeat them, but there is there is a way to do it. But you have to really be really, really have to execute and, and, and do the right things and, and really lock in because it's going to be a chess match, especially on that offensive end, too, because what he brings on offense defensively, you have to load up. You have to blitz him a little bit. You can't you can't overhelp too quick because he'll dot whoever that whoever you're leaving open. So you have it's, it's a chess match with him. You have to make him think and, and, and make him overthink and potentially that could cause turnovers. And you have to execute those transition buckets when you get those stops. This is in the playoffs, attention to detail. Same thing I was talking about in March Madness. It's it's crucial. So they're talented. They have a great roster. They're well coached. But just because of those certain factors, it could be tough. But Jokic could go on those go on a run like we saw Dirk go on. Dirk wasn't this phenomenal rim protector um, as a big man. Granted, he was a power forward, and they did have Tyson Chandler in the middle. And I definitely played a factor into into their championship success. But he went on this crazy run where he was on no one could guard him. No one could guard him. You just couldn't stop him. They look at the teams that he defeated um, in that 2011 run for Dirk Nowitzki. So we could see that we could see something like that for Jokic. But I just think with the parity in the West and 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 just the the, the elite talent um, that that's going to be in the playoffs this year, it's it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. But they have the squad to to definitely make a run towards the championship. Nick, are you with us I'm, now? I'm here now. I'm back. I'm back. Okay. <clears throat> Tell us your thoughts on the Nuggets and how far you think they can make it. I'm not really too high on the Nuggets. I think the ceiling is probably second round. Now, I know that you mentioned earlier, Michael, about the potential of Golden State playing them. And, yes, we know the Warriors are the Warriors, and and I know that that's my team. But there is still some concern on the road. And we witnessed that in last night's matchup with the Grizzlies where they got blown out, especially late down the stretch. They're seven and twenty-nine on the road. They haven't won a road game in at least over a month. Very concerning. Very, 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 very concerning. Now, the playoffs are a different story. I get that. And you know, we'll, we'll definitely see a different Steph Curry, different Clay Thompson. Hopefully, Andrew Wiggins will be back, you know, because he is a crucial part in our success. But I'm not a hundred percent sure that the Warriors will. I'm not saying that they won't beat them but I'm not 100% sure that there is a possibility in a way, if that makes sense. But overall, you know, the Nuggets, I do think that healthy chemistry, Ken, is a little bit of, of a concern. Can we get Michael Porter Jr. for a full postseason? Because when he is on the floor, he does produce the best way that he can. But that is the big question is, is his availability, which I have mentioned on, you know, past episodes. 
So that is definitely a big concern. But e- either way it is, you still got Jokic, you still have Jamal Murray, you still have Aaron Gordon, who many believe is their third best player behind those two. So you definitely still you definitely still do have some firepower, but it's tough though because it's like I still don't believe in Denver against like a healthy Phoenix or a healthy Clippers or you know who knows honestly. So that is my concern as well. So I do think that Denver will make some noise in the playoffs, but I don't know if it'll lead them to like possibly making it out of the West this year. Absolutely, absolutely, and. It just it just plays into the factor. It just plays it just plays into that factor, man. And it's just really matchups and, and, and styles, and and we'll we'll see who who they go up against. It's just gonna be it's gonna be a gauntlet either way, either side. Um, and I, I I just can't wait to see. It. Let's talk about the Sacramento Kings, the surprise team of the NBA this season, second seed in the Western Conference. De'Aaron Fox playing phenomenal basketball, uh, leading the NBA clutch points. Demonte Sabonis also uh, playing some of his, playing his best basketball his career. He's also up there when you talk about walking triple doubles with with Jokic. A, elite game can play as a, as a three level scorer, can shoot threes. Has a post game. Obviously, we know his father had a yeah, elite post game when he was with the Trailblazers and also overseas as well. So he has that in his game. He has the touch, left handed as well. He's elite. Mike Brown's done a phenomenal job with this basketball team. I believe he's going to be the coach of the year. No doubt about it. Um, there, there are some good candidates out there, but what he what he's been able to do in his first season uh, with the Sacramento Kings has been sensational. So uh, I'll start with Nick. Go right back with Nick. What's what's your thoughts on this on this Sacramento team and and could they uh, be a sleeper? Uh, and really, you know, not not one of these teams that we deem, you know, so elite because they have uh, one or two special players. And we're like, oh, they, they got those two guys. But the Kings also have two special players also. So, yeah, what's your, what's your thoughts on, on this Kings? And can they make a, a playoff push in their first time in the playoffs in a very long time? This has been a phenomenal season for Sacramento. I think the city should be happy. You know, it's back to winning. This is the first winning season, I think, I think I want to say 15 years. So this is big for them. You know, like you mentioned, CJ Mike Brown has done a hell of a job, which I, I, which I'll be, I expected it. Well, I mean, well, actually I'll take that back. I expected him to like help change the team around and change the franchise around, but I didn't expect them to have this much success. So definitely kudos to him. De'Aaron Fox to many looks like an MVP type candidate. Demonte Savonis, you know, I know, I know after the trade last year, when they traded away Tyrese Halliburton to Indiana, I know a lot of people weren't really high on the trade. But I was telling people, like, yo, give it some time. Sabonis is a very versatile player. You know, he can score, he can pass, he can rebound. He may not be in the same conversation and magnitude as, like, a Embiid or Jokic or what have you. But, you know, he can still produce at a very high level. And we are definitely seeing that throughout the course of the season. Then, of course, they have a great supporting cast. Keegan Murray is playing exceptional basketball. Um, and then the rest of the guys, you know, you got Harrison Barnes, who is one of their um, one of their betters for the team, Kevin Herter, Malik Monk. The, the list goes on and on. So, what's their what's their ceiling as far as for the playoffs this year? I think I think they can make a push now. If they do play Golden State, that will be a concern for me. I honestly I might give the edge to Golden State just because of the experience, but I wouldn't sleep on Sacramento. Honestly, I, mean, I, I definitely think that they could push that series to about five or six games now. If they do play anybody else, like for instance, 
who else is in the conversation? OKC is in that conversation as well. I believe Utah's in there as well. I do think that I do think that they have some good chances against those teams, especially probably, especially Utah, in my opinion. So the Kings, this isn't a fluke. This is this is legit. And if you have been watching the games, you see the ball movement, you see the communication, you see the defense. They're one of the uh, I don't I don't know if they're ranked one of the top defenses in the um in the NBA, but they definitely play high on that end, you know, especially, especially when you're coached by Mike Brown, who does preach defense, who is more of a defensive oriented coach. So we definitely see the effort that they bring on that end. But as far as as far as for the postseason, I would love to see them go on. I don't know. I don't know a deep run, but if they make it out of the first round and get into the second round, that would be very um, exciting to see. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Uh, Michael, again, uh, Nick made some great points. How, how, do, you, how do you see this uh, Sacramento team uh, playing in the, in the playoffs? What's their ceiling, in your opinion? The ceiling for the Sacramento Kings in this playoffs is anything but unimaginable. Right now we have a team who is pretty much all rookies when it comes to making a playoff. So we don't know what experience they are going to show us, what inconsistence that may come about this. They're the number two seed going to go up against either Oklahoma, Golden State, Utah, Minnesota, and the seventh seed. So it's going to take a 7-8 loser. I'm sorry, the winner of the 7-8 will go to that spot, I think it is. Yes, the winner. So they're either going to play Oklahoma or Golden State. I like the chances against Oklahoma, Golden State. I think the leadership, the veteran has that the Golden State has will be detrimental for them. But Golden State can't play on the road. So I would love to see how this pans out with either team, just to be honest, to see if Sacramento will take this next step. Sadly, if they make a first-round exit against Golden State, some people, some fans will think this is a bust season for Sacramento. I don't think so, because Golden State, you can never count them out, no matter what it is. I do think they can make some noise into going to the second round. I think that is kind of a cap for them of what I expect. Hopefully, we get Oklahoma, Sacramento, a who's going to be the future of the NBA of these point guard era league, who is almost going to be replacing Steph Curry as the future continues on, more or less, with two Kentucky players with Fox and uh, SGA leading both of those teams. Now, what I do like is the high-power offense Sacramento does. I want to say they're probably in the top five of offense. That's me throwing out a number. Don't hold me to it. Now, with their offense being so fast, their defense does give up higher points just because of the high-paced tempo that they play. So that, too, will make Golden State in a higher chance with this. That's why I'm hoping for an Oklahoma-Sacramento matchup to see Sacramento make that second level, second round uh, performance. How's that sound? Is that good enough? I'm, oh, sorry. I'm done. I'm sorry. You still yeah. have the big camera. <laughs> I was trying to be sweet and go straight to it and, and not mutter too much extra. No, that's, no, that's, that's, that's perfect, man. Golden uh, Sacramento is really the Cinderella team of the whole season that everyone wants to get behind and see do good this year, especially playoff time. Especially in the playoff time, especially during playoff times. Yeah, it's going to be a great story. This season has been a great story for the Sacramento Kings. You said something in the, in the beginning of uh, 
uh, when you started talking in your, your, your soliloquy, you said they they have rookie they have they have a rookie experience because this will be for a lot of those guys. It'll be their first time in the playoffs, which is which is facts for for some of those guys, but not their head coach. And Mike Brown been to the finals, lost as a head coach in the finals. And he's also been a championship assistant head coach with the Golden State Warriors. So he has he has experience. So if those guys buy in, like they've already bought in, clearly, because we, we see it on the court, uh, if they just continue to buy into what he's preaching, they're going to be successful. And I mean, it's just like those, and I'm, I'm just so happy to see them playing well, because why wouldn't you buy in? You know, like what, 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 what would be stopped? I mean, this, this would be the most successful coach some most of these players have had um, in, in their career, definitely for Fox, no question about it. Um, so he's, and when, and when you see, when you see the best players on the team, um, follow the head coach and follow his mindset and follow what he brings to the table, everybody else is just going to continue to, uh, do the same thing. And, uh, I think it's, it's perfect. They're playing great basketball. They have a great pace. What Fox has been able to do in the clutch when the game gets close, his, his, the, and the, the, the key thing that, that I'm a fan of with Sacramento is both of their best players in Sabonis and Fox, they got better every single year. You know, a, a, lot, of, a lot of times, and Markel Fultz is, is a prime example of this as well. A lot of times what we do is we see one or two years for a player and we say, oh, that's what they're going to be for the rest of their career. For the next a decade, they're just going to be this player right here. That's it. They're not going to get better. They're not going to improve. They're just going to be, this is it. This is what we see. Their second year in the league, we already got it. We know it already. Wow. Terrible. Lazy. Lazy analysis. When in your real life, that you don't think like that. So I don't know why we do that for basketball. But they've gotten better every single season. Every single season. We talked about Fox's ability to space the floor being an issue early in his career. He's completely eliminated that narrative now. It's over. You know, he could get to his spots in the mid-range. He's mastered that mid-range, which is so beautiful. He, he, that, that, because that mid-range is always open. When you come off that screen, it's always there. Literally, that's literally the NBA. The, the, the mid-range is wide open because, again, these defenses, these analytic guys tell them not to worry about it. So if you master that part of the game, you, you, you're set. And once you do that, you get to your spots. And that's exactly what he's developed. He's developed ways to get to his spots on the court. And that's why he's successful. Plus, he's a lefty as well. So he has there that he has that specialty. And, and guys are just not used to guarding that on a nightly basis. Same thing for Sabonis. They're just not used to guarding that. And it, it is it is a factor. So they I'm just I've just been so impressed with, with both of those players and what they've been able to do for that city, for that franchise. And they're not going anywhere. They're, they're here to stay, for sure, because both of those guys are extremely young. Criticisms. Same thing that what I said about the Nuggets and, and Jokic's inability to protect the rim at an elite level because of the circumstances. I have those same uh, – I have, I have the same opinion also with Sabonis. Sabonis, he's, he's also athletic as well, but – he, they have him at the five. He's really, to me, really a power forward, but he's playing that five ball. And then their backup five is, is Trey Lyles, um at times, who is also a smaller, really power forward type player, small ball five. So if they go up against a team with some size, I could see them struggling like a uh, like Denver. Denver could give them because Jokic is, is you know, he would have the size and that that would be a good matchup for them. 
because both guys, both centers aren't really that great defensively. That'd be a, a great chess match and it'd be a high offensive series for sure. I could see them having a, a good series against them, but a team against like the Lakers where LeBron and AD, they're so paint oriented that I, I could see that being an issue uh, for them. When I saw them against the Knicks, obviously just one night, but offensive rebounds, rebounding, crashing the glass, those are things that they're going to have to do in the playoffs um, if, if they want to if they want to win win a series, you have to do those type of things. It's, it's quintessential. You can't give up uh, a plethora of points just because you know you could do the same um, on, on your end. You have to be able to get stops. Malik Monk has done a, done a really good job this year. He has that chemistry. I really liken that chemistry to what we're seeing with Josh Hart and uh, and Jalen Brunson right now. Former former teammates in, in college, um, had a lot of success together, and now doing the same thing in the NBA. We see that uh, translating. Both of those guys are playing well. Kevin Herter, uh, New York native. Michael Snacking. New, New York native playing, playing great basketball. Yes, sir. His ability to shoot and, and space the floor. He's having a great season. Harrison Barnes, former champion. So he could bring that experience. I'm pretty sure guys are listening to him and uh and what and what he and what he knows and, and what he and how he sees the game from that perspective come playoff time because he has he has a ring. So that, that's a big deal. So I do have my criticism about their lack of size, and if they match up against a certain team, it could be tough. But but all in all, man, it's, it's been a great it's been a great season it's been a great season for uh, for the Sacramento Kings. Sack Town, stand up. Who, who's this guy? Let's go on. Oh man, appreciate the support. <laughs> oh okay okay, gotcha gotcha. Boys, so, wouldn't it be something if the Kings made it to the finals? It's it Cinderella it story. It, it would be. It would be crazy. It really would be. Uh, so, so here we have the three-six matchup. We have the Mil- the Memphis Grizzlies and the Dallas Mavericks. Man, what a series that would be! Especially if Ja was able to come back. Wow, that would be crazy. Crazy first round. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> facts. So, Michael. Let's, let's, let's stay with Memphis, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go to Dallas. Let's, let's, let's talk about the Grizzlies real fast. We, we know the situation with job. We know he's, he's taking some time off, but they've still been playing well. They got some some really some really big wins as of late. People can say what they want about Dylan Brooks. Sorry to cut you off, CJ, but apparently, according to according to some rumors, he should be back tomorrow. I don't know how true that is, but that's uh, what they're saying. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. That, I mean, that's 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 a big deal. That's a big deal to be able to come back as quickly as possible, especially right before the season ends. Mm-hmm. That that's that's great. That's great. But um, even even in his absence, they've been playing some great basketball. Uh, Dylan Brooks, I know he he's he's definitely a, a player where he can be annoying, and, and a lot of people don't like him. And he did that with, with the shove with the cameraman and things like that. He he does things that are definitely annoying. But on the court, he's he's a player. He plays defense. He knocks down shots. He could he could actually create his own shot as well, and he he just brings that type of you know toughness that a team like Memphis, that they they've been that they've had for the majority of their franchise. Uh, when you look at the great and grind years with Gasol and Zebo, and uh, and Mike Conley, that's that's what their identity has been. So I don't I just see them continuing that mindset and that identity for the Grizzlies when you see a guy like Dylan Brooks. Michael, what's your thoughts on? On uh on the Memphis Grizzlies and with Ja coming back now um, with uh, with Nick just reported potentially possibly tomorrow. I think that's big for Memphis. Uh, I think it's uh, huge for Memphis to get Ja back. 
especially for these last 10 plus or minus games, give or take a few there, just so they can gel back together and let Jaw take back over the role of being the leader and see what actually has uh, corresponded with what's all happened in his absence, what's going on to uh, what his mind has said is as far as leading the team on the court. Now, I'm not trying to say anything about off the court, anything there, but with the time that he's taken away, has he kept himself under uh, in condition? Is he still thinking basketball or is he more worried about getting himself right in the head of whatever went on? I'm going to leave it at that part of it because we don't know exactly what all was going on. Uh, that's a whole different story that I'd like to get into, but we'll take that on uh, maybe a, a special episode that we could maybe do a 15-minute video or something on later. Who knows? But for Memphis, I think it's big, getting back to that, making a, a long circle there, coming back to it. But I don't know if Memphis has enough firepower across the board to match with Dallas's two-headed sword, uh, two-headed uh, dinosaur, two-headed uh, dragon that they have with Luca and uh, Kyrie, and of course when Wood is playing well, it's a great th- trio. So I'm going to give, and I'm not going to go, go into Dallas too much because I know we want to try to break it down each once. So Memphis, I feel like they are one of these teams that are being a great in-season team, but when it comes to playoff time, they haven't jumped over that hump yet. Maybe this could be the time, but their matchup and their first-round matchup of who they got, I don't see it happening yet. It may have to be another year when they get a one or two seed that they can get one of these playing teams where they can actually make that second-round jump. So I am going to say I'm a seller when it comes to the Memphis in this playoff run. Oh, man. Um, This is a good series. If if it if it were to happen, this would be a really great series. But they're gonna hate me for this one. I'm I'm gonna rock with Memphis in this in this round. If 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 it does if it does come to life, if if this series were to actually happen, I think that I think that the depth of Memphis is a little bit more deeper than Dallas. Now we all know that they have the tandem of Luca, Dodgers, and Kyrie Irving. You can't you can't deny that. You know, those are two phenomenal scores. You know who are definitely going to lead the way for Dallas, especially in that series. But overall, especially once you get twelve back, twelve as referring to John Morant, then you combine that with a guy like I, I don't know if people have been paying attention, man. And it's like maybe this this is just because Jaws has been out recently. But like I've I've really mentioned how, or I really I really liked how um, how you know the Grizzlies have really made a focus and really get Jaron Jackson Jr. more involved. You know, he's showing his ball handling ability, obviously his floor spacing, his ability to, you know, attack the rim. You know, he's really putting the ball on the floor and really making plays for others. Now, I don't know if that will change once Jog is back. It probably will change, but if they make more of an effort to get Jaron Jackson Jr. more engaged into the offensive end, which they should, which Taylor Jenkins, which Taylor Jenkins definitely should, like I feel like that'll make I don't I feel like that will make Memphis definitely more dangerous because I mean you already got the tandem of Jaw you got Desmond Bain who who can shoot the lights out you know on on any occasion um, then of course you know you got a great supporting cast you know Tyus Jones um, Stephen Adams being that rim protector um, and and then the list just go and then the list just goes um, on and on so in my opinion I feel like Memphis has the more depth. Then Dallas, so that I feel like that's what's going to give them that edge. But you can't, you can't knock, you know, Kyrie and Luca and what they're able to bring to the table. Yeah, that that, that that's again, that's going to be a phenomenal series for sure. Um, if if that were to play out, 
Memphis, they have a, they have a really good team. They have a really good team. They're well coached. So that that's always going to be a factor in, in regards to talking about them. Ja, ja coming back is, is ultimately the, the biggest thing because he's still a special player and he's, he's, a, he's a game changer. And he, he's, a, he's a guy that could take over the game at any given moment. I do think losing Brandon Clark for the season is a big loss. Uh, prayers up to him towards Achilles, get back healthy, uh, be ready to lock in, um, you know, when it's your time to get back on the court. Steven Adams has struggled with some injuries as well. Um, and throughout this, you know, second half of the season, pretty much a little bit before that as well, that's going to be a factor. And they're, they're going to need that. Um, they're going to need the size and they're going to need those big men to get those rebounds, to to seal off those defenders so Ja could get easier looks at the rim because we know he's a, he has a smaller frame. Uh, so you have you have guys like Stephen Adams that is that's sealing off of you know the centers and some of his other defenders to create easier easier lanes for Ja. It, it's perfect and it gets him into a rhythm and team's defense is going to have to collapse and, and that's when those guys like Bain, Triple J, uh, Brooks, Canard uh, uh, now it was it was it was a, a solid pickup in the trade deadline that they were able to acquire. Uh, it's just more floor spacers and, and the more floor spaces you have and the more um, shooters out that you have around Ja, the better. So they're, they're going to be good. And they move the ball. They play the right way. Uh, that's why they've continued to have success, even in Ja's absence, um, just be, just because of their system. They all bought in. It doesn't matter who plays. He could be the – it's kind of it's kind of like similar to the Heat a little bit. You know, the Heat with the Spolstra, it just doesn't matter who they bring in. They, they're on the court like Strauss. We never were talking – nobody was talking about, you know, Max Strauss four years ago. But, you know, he made a name for himself because he, he bought into that system. And I see a lot of players like that um, in, on, on, the, on the Grizzlies as well. And they, they have high IQ. They have high – you can't play on that team if you don't have high IQ. So uh, that's, that's why they've been successful. And in the playoffs, it's going to be rough. It's going to be difficult because it's just a question of who's going to be that second guy next to Ja. We, it can be a collection of, of players, and I think that would be the best case. But we know in the playoffs when, when it's a half-court game and, and possessions get closer, the shot clock goes on longer, <laughs> and you have, to, you have to be able to make these plays. Teams are, the defense is much more intense. You need players that can get buckets consistently and efficiently in these series. You're seeing the same team every other night. And we know what job brings to the table. We've seen definitely great seasons and, and stretches of, of games from uh, Bain and Brooks and, and Jared Jackson Jr. But can those guys bring it together for series, multiple series in a playoff run? That's going to be the question. Um, if all three of those guys could, could bring it home and compliment Ja at a high level, one, they, they, they could 1,000% be successful. Um, um, and, and, and there's definitely time for them to do that. They're still very young. Uh, people just think they're, they're, they're going to be here also, like I talked about Sacramento. They're not going anywhere either. They're, they're, they're going to continue to grow and have chemistry um, as well. So it, it's, it's, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting because I'm, I'm sure that they're going to be motivated when they, when they get uh, Moran back and, and pe people are sleeping on them. People think, oh, they're, they're, they're just they're not going to be as good. And people are definitely going to sleep on them. And I think that's just going to add to their fuel and that chip that they already have to begin with. So I'm excited to see what they do come playoffs. All right. We've got the fourth and the fifth potential showdown between the 
Phoenix Suns and the Los Angeles Clippers. Going to go with Michael on this one. Obviously, a big fan of Phoenix. Book is your guy. Big fan of everyone. (laughs) Be clear. Big fan of everyone. All teams. Phoenix. Phoenix It's okay to be a fan, is it not? I mean, I try to keep it with one team, but exactly. No, now, CJ, I will correct you right there. You have said I'm a big fan of such and such before. Oh, yeah. said, oh CJ can say he's a big fan of something. Yeah, but, but we yeah, all but, know but, he's but still see, a see, dick. CJ has never said my Pelicans or my Lakers. He's never said I'm, that. I, I definitely, I definitely am a uh, su- support players in their game. I'm definitely a fan of certain players, but for just There's a team, two it's, it's teams, only, it's only a lot. And it's more the Heat than any of them, but it's the Heat and the Suns, and it's because they have Kentucky players or they have, standout. They have standout Kentucky players, and 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 one of those one of those Kentucky players is one of going to be go down as one of the best Kentucky players is Devin Booker, forty six points tonight in a loss, unfortunately, to the Oklahoma City Thunder um, against a, a former Wildcat as well in Shea Gilgis Alexander. It was a great game. Uh, great battle between two uh, superstar, two young star, rising stars, rising superstars in the Western Conference. But yeah, what's your thoughts on this Phoenix team? You, you talked about KD getting hurt in that pregame uh, routine. Unfortunately, that's gonna that's just gonna be KD. Uh, just unfortunately, just just um, this is gonna be what it is. Just we get that Achilles. We just see it, we've seen it. We've seen these knee injuries, lower extremity injuries, uh, post Achilles injury. So uh, that's just just gotta hope you get them at the right time. But where do you see Phoenix going right now? Okay, I'm going to say this. I've said it all year, so I cannot change it. I think the Suns are finals bound. Adding Kevin Durant solidifies that so much more. I'm trying to use big words to sound like CJ. It doesn't work for me. But it just helps so much more what's going on with this team. Chris Paul is not of Chris Paul of 2015. We know that, or 2014. But Chris Paul can still do what he needs to do with his leadership skills, his ball uh, I mean, pretty much he he's a, uh, a sniper with his passes. So we still got Aiton down low who can take over. A, I'm going to say he can take over a game. He does it with the Suns, but he has the ability to score 20 in and out easily, especially when Chris Paul sits, does the pick and roll and he alley-oops him right there perfectly. The Suns are the team in my eye to beat. The only thing I worry about is this injury to Kevin Durant ever going to heal is he going to be ever 100% come playoff time? And when that happens, will they have enough time to build that chemistry to when it comes to playoff, they can play well with each other? That sounded like the worst sentence I could ever say in my life. I apologize. They can play play well with each other on the court and be coach from Monte, who is, I think, one year out from winning coach of the year. So the Suns, to me, are the team when it comes to playoff because Kevin Durant has been there before with Golden State. He's been there with Oklahoma City. It just didn't work out the way he wanted. So he's been on both sides of the court of losing and winning in the finals. He can teach these young group, hey, this is where we need to be. You've got Chris Paul, who has been nothing but a failure, but has been in the big games as well. Hey, we got to keep grinding on this. We got to keep working. We can't settle. And I think this is either their year this year or next year, but I think they are the team to beat this year in the playoffs if Kevin Durant can make it out 100% when it playoffs start. I still think without Kevin Durant, they still have a chance to make it to the finals. 
Not a chance without Kevin Durant. I'm sorry. You can come at me so hard with that answer and aggressively saying it when you couldn't even say, I think somebody's going to win the MVP. I don't want to shoot. <laughs> but, um, well, first and foremost, let me just say, this. I think Kevin Durant will be fine. I mean, you know, it's like a slight ankle injury. I feel like he will be back by by the playoff time. And honestly, I mean, Kevin Durant really doesn't need much time to really, like, you know, get get into his rhythm. I mean, we saw it We saw it in his um, in his son's debut against Charlotte. He had 23 points in that matchup. So it doesn't take much for Kevin Durant to get back into full form, you know, as far as, you know, him being the official scorer that we know him to be. But can he sustain his health? That is the biggest question, you know, especially as the playoffs do roll around. So that is the question. You know, we all know what he can do once he, once he is on the floor, but can he stay healthy? Now, Phoenix, with Kevin Durant, I do give them a big shot of making the NBA Finals. I feel like with Kevin Durant, they are better than Denver. They are clearly better than Memphis. They're clearly better than Sacramento. Um, they're definitely better than Dallas. So Kevin Durant just makes everything better for this team. And, you know, we've seen it. You know, I've mentioned before how, how much of a selfless player that he is. Of course, you know, he's not going to be able to get the assist numbers, but he does make a team better just based off, you know, his scoring ability, his ability to play off the ball and allow others to shine as well. So, and plus, as we've seen through, like, you know, through the small package, you know, him and Devin Booker have been on this on his, on his nice little tandem. So, it's like, you know, Booker's still been able to get his numbers. KD's been able to get his numbers. So, clearly that hasn't really played into effect. So, that's why I have a lot of confidence in them, you know, being able to coexist as the playoffs do roll around. And as for Chris Paul – the game should be easy for him. All he has to do is just really facilitate, honestly. That's really what he needs to do. Be the point guard that we know you to be. Set these guys up, you know, find these guys off of pin downs, find these guys, you know, on the open floor, whatever it is, and just being able to just really be that floor general that we all know you to be. Now, the big question is, you know, how can you get DeAndre Ayton more engaged to the offense, especially, you know, with when there's, when there's only one basketball on the floor? That's going to be the big question. That's going to be something that hopefully Coach Williams will – possibly implement into the office. You know, we all know the tandem that Katie, uh, Katie and Devin Booker can be, but once you allow Aiton to be involved within the offense, that's what's going to make Phoenix more dangerous. And then, of course, with the supporting cast, Cameron Payne, Josh Akogi, who's been playing phenomenal, Damian Lee, um, and then the rest of these guys, the list goes on and on and on. They, they acquired TJ Warren as well in that Katie trade. So I'll be real, with Kevin Durant on the with, – with a healthy Kevin Durant, let me be specific, with a healthy Kevin Durant, I think Phoenix has a a really good shot at making it out, making it out of the Western Conference. Yeah, they're they're going to be dangerous if, if KD is healthy. They are definitely going to be one of one of the the teams that are that, that could definitely win, win the title. I agree. Health health is is again is is the biggest the biggest factor. For Phoenix, if they if they are healthy, they have two players that could score fifty any given night, fifty plus. So that's that's what I and that's what I was that's what I mean. That's what I mean when I was talking about Memphis. It, it's you know Jock, you know what Jock could do. Who's going to be that other guy um, on that nightly basis in those series? Phoenix, we know Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. KD is just so easy for him to go in any offense because he, he could score on anyone. His ability to score, he, he doesn't need a lot of dribbles. He doesn't take the air out the basketball. 
he just you, you could come off screens or you could just give it to him in a certain spot and he's just going to rise above anybody because he just doesn't see that defender because he's 6'11", 7 foot. Uh, just so he's he's too lethal. And, and Booker is the same thing. They both have uh, an elite mid-range game. That's why they've been successful for so long. They're elite three-level scorers. And when you have two players like that in a playoff series, it's tough to stop. It is. And then because who you who are you going to put your uh, your primary def- your best defender on? Obviously Durant. Okay, so then you're leaving Booker on a secondary defender or, or someone that's not as good that you don't may not necessarily trust as much on on Booker. Mismatch all day. So if you so if Booker's got it going, then you're loading up on on Book. Then you're leaving. So, so it's just it's just too dynamic. And then also you got you got the DeAndre Ayton factor with his ability off the roll. He could he could pop. He could he could knock down free throws as well. So he could stay in the game late. He's not a liability when it comes to that standpoint. From a situational standpoint, we know teams like to hack and foul centers because they're not great at the free throw line. That's not a factor for DeAndre Ayton. He has a high field goal. He just has for for, for Ayton. I need to see him be more of an impact have more of an impact on defense, on the defensive side, because we, we know what Booker and Durant can do offensively, and they could really, uh, you know, really carry that side of, of, of the court because they're so efficient and they're so, and they're unstoppable. Aiden's going to get his touches. He's going to get, he's going to get a lot of, t- a lot of opportunities to score with the second unit, of course, but defensively he can make an impact, whether it's being with the starting lineup or the second unit. Um, and during those times, and if he brings that type of mentality from a rebounding, offensive rebounding perspective, he should be getting 12 plus rebounds every single night. If he's exerting that type of energy, bringing that type of effort, now that he doesn't necessarily have to be the second best scorer on the team, if he's applying that and taking that and using it on the defensive end, then, then you have a special you have a special squad. That's that's a big three right there, for sure, because we Aiden is a former number one pick and we see the potential. Um, so they're dangerous. Monty Williams, former head, former coach of the year last year. This is a team that won 64 games. They won 64 and 18. Now I know they don't have certain certain wings, certain different type of players, but their their core is still there. Their core is still the same. So they're going to be dangerous. No 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 doubt about it. They're going to be one of the most dangerous teams um, in, in in the Western Conference, and it's going to be a chess match, man. It really is. Chris Paul, yeah, he is getting older. He is getting older, but again, that's why you bring in a guy like Kevin Durant for for that type of reason. He he is going to have to play better defense. Uh, that shooting guard, uh, that, that that number two spot for them is going to be crucial, or three spot depending on where Booker plays. That 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 two or three, it could be a Kogi, um, it could be Lee, that or or, or someone someone that that's going to be crucial. I think a Kogi is a good a good fit because he knows his role. He know he could. He knows he could bring an impact in other ways than just scoring. Bringing in offensive rebounds, he reminds me a lot of Josh Hart. Uh, he just he's just a Swiss Army knife on that on that on, on just on the court. He can do everything. Get offensive rebounds. He's really athletic. Uh, he could dunk on you. He could shoot threes. He could he could guard the opposing team's best player at times. He's he's a great pickup. He, he's a really good pickup and a really nice addition uh, for that Phoenix team. I could see him being in closing lineups for for the squad for sure come playoff time. So. Uh, just it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Whoever they match up with in that first round, I know we see it right here with, with the Clippers, and I want to transition to them right now. Fifth seed, fifth seed in the Western Conference. Uh, Nick, how do you see how do you see the Clippers uh, 
playing. How, what, what are your thoughts on the Clippers right now, and, and, and what's your thoughts on them potentially on, in the playoffs? The Clippers are finally turning it around. Um, we saw we saw them struggle a little bit once Russ was acquired. I think they had lost like four or five straight at one point, but it seems like they've kind of turned it around. I, I don't I don't know how they play well as far as the past like time two or three games, but I know that last week they had a good win against Toronto and against a few other teams. So I think they're really starting to really figure it out. But you know, you realize you realize the impact of a guy like Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard who has played exceptional this year. And I feel like right now, you know, especially especially as the season comes down to stretch, it's like, you know, he's playing his best basketball, so that means the Clippers are at the same time as well. So I like I like where the Clippers are headed going into this playoff, heading, heading into the postseason so far. And I'll say this, man, if both teams are healthy, if Phoenix has Kevin Durant and, you know, the Clippers got who they got, this is going to be the best series of the first round. This is by far, in my opinion, going to be the best series of the first round if – if both sides are healthy, hell, even if both of them aren't aren't healthy in the midst of you guys, I still feel like it's going to be one of the best series or the best series in the first round. Um, the Clippers are not a sleeper, honestly. They're not a sleeper. I mean, now there are some questions regarding as far as the closing lineups. Is Russ going to be in those closing lines, or would you rather recommend having a guy like Terrence Mann play that play that uh, play that uh, closing point guard role because of his ability to space the floor and do other things? Now that is a big question for Ty Lue, but we all know Ty Lue is an exceptional coach. He's a championship coach, so he'll be able to figure it out. So the Clippers have a really good supporting cast. The Suns have a really good supporting cast. I can see this going seven. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel, but if both teams are healthy, I could definitely see this thing going seven. You know, I think both teams, the star players, are going to come, bring everything they got, and this is going to be a really great series overall. Yes, yes, I agree. I definitely agree. Michael, how do you what's your thoughts on the Los Angeles Clippers? The Los Angeles Clippers at the five seed, 37 and 34 as of right now, going up against the Suns, will have a hard matchup to go against the Suns. And I'm not going to keep talking about how well the Suns are. You know, a lot of people, in my opinion, and it's straight my opinion, and I know I'm maybe wrong on this, talk about how great defense that Paul and Leonard still play, but I feel like a lot of the scores that they're in competition with are well elevated compared to a lot of the other ones. So I don't know if the defense is really there with post-injuries of so much or if people are just holding on to what they could do in the past. I do know that they have the size, the physicality that they can match up and kind of play some bully ball on, on the offense and do that as far as some on defense. But I don't know if they've lost a step as far as keeping up with people or the speed uh, as much as we think that they really can. And I think that's actually going to play an advantage for the Suns on that. Now, offensively, Leonard's leadership, what all he does, it just everything that he does seems to always work. <laughs> what he's done in the, for the Raptors with the shot that went in over Embiid's team with the Philadelphia Choke Sixers, whatever, I can't remember, and uh, bounced all over him and went in. So, like, it doesn't matter where he plays, that team somehow goes on to the finals. So I can't count the team out. But for some reason, I'm not buying in on, on, on this Clippers team for the fact that the scores are so high offense and defense. When it comes to making a run in the playoffs, you have to play half-court sets, you have to play defense, and you have to be able to stop players 
a few possessions. And the Clippers, in my opinion, don't seem to do that so much. And they don't really have a rim protector as far as at center position. It's more or less a, a power forward who really can't uh, protect the paint very well. And, you know, with the Suns, Aiton, I think that's where he'll stand out or where he should stand out and the Suns sh- should really play some bully ball down low at the center position at that five and see what goes on uh, and really put the building block for that seven-game series down low where you make the base of your whole offense running through there. And I think so you want the offense are, to run through Aiton? I'm saying not run through as far as like Kentucky, like we talked about earlier, yeah. but I'm saying you are at least making the presence known that it's there. Because to me, Aiton's matchup against whoever is in favor of Aiton on as far as against the, the Clippers. So I feel like when the opportunity comes, ex, 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 what am I trying to think? Expose that opportunity and take advantage of it. Now, if you got Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, your offense, I'm just saying, don't forget about Aiton like we see the Suns do a lot. Make that presence known as a center being the dominant. And I feel like Clippers, I, I'm not going to go against you on this, Nick, and say that it could be a seven-game series. Totally could see that. But I think Clippers' injury history of what all has been going on, uh, never really been 100% complete. I'm going to say five, six games for the Suns. Five, six games. Wow. That's a hot take. If Durant is back, though, that's the big if, though. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We, we, yeah. So if, if Durant is there, both teams full strength, you got the Suns in five. Yes, sir. Got to believe. Five. Okay. Oh, my goodness. All right. Okay. We got it on record, man. We about to see if they match up. That'd, that'd be great. That'd be great. I got to go in seven because one, listen, I know they have the, the history of, of uh, losing a 3 1 lead, but what's the, what's the difference? That, that team had Doc Rivers. This team has Ty Lue, championship head coach. And it just comes down to that, that's that's going to be a big factor. When you have a t- t- two talented teams like this, two, you know, a, a, a duo, both have elite elite duos, coaching is going gonna, is gonna to matter. It, it really is. And it's it's close to that. That that race is close between Monty Williams and Ty Lue. It is very close, but I would still favor Ty Lue because of the adjustments he made, obviously, in that 2016 NBA Finals. Uh, which led to that championship. Kawhi, Kawhi and Paul George. If not, if not now, when? If not now, when? Uh, because these the four the four years that uh, they they've been a, a duo and a collective, it's been underwhelming. It just has. It has been. I um, mean, and, and it's unfortunate because. Injuries played a big factor in that. It wasn't necessarily like they were going to the playoffs and having these series and just completely folding like that once, like that one season. A lot of it was one guy gets hurt, another guy has to carry, and and vice versa, or both are hurt, and then the, the role players have to step up and try to do things. So, but that's not the case this year. Kawhi missed time, came back. Paul George missed some time, came back. They they should be ready to go as this playoff starts run. So. If I'm Steve Ballmer, I'm Lawrence Frank. I provided you with, with solid depth. Westbrook, uh, Westbrook has played well over these last few games. 
He's done. He's also doing a great job of doing the other, doing the little things to impact the game. I saw him getting some offensive rebounds, crashing the glass, uh, getting steals, being alert on that end. That's what he has to do. Okay, you, okay, you can't space the floor. Cool. There's other ways to impact the game setting screens, doing things like that. So he's done a really good job of understanding that. And I feel like, again, the relationship they has with Ty Lue, um, is could, could could be a factor, could be a factor. Is it going to be tough situationally to have him play in certain moments because he's not a great floor spacer? Yes. But if when he is in the when he does have those certain minutes and if he's bringing that type of energy, not just from a scoring perspective and doing those other things, that could definitely make up for the lack of spacing, like I said. So... I, I, I'm good with Westbrook. I, I like what I see from him right now and the way he's playing basketball. Zubats, Plumley, they have size. If they if they match up against a Phoenix, if they match up against a Denver or the Lakers, they have the bodies. They're not as talented, but they have the bodies to 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 get it done. And Zubats has nights where he looks pretty good. He does have those moments. So. It's it's either either way they could go small they could put Batoon at the five and have Kawhi and and Paul George be the be that front court right there so they they have an ability to mix it up depending on who they play so they're very versatile on that end I there's no way I mean, I'd, I'd be shocked I'd be shocked if they went up against Phoenix and they lost in five I'd really I'd truly be shocked um, just because just they have they just have a they have every they have everything. They got Bones Island off the bench. He's 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 a he's no he's a microwave guy, microwave energy guy. He could go he could go crazy any given night. <laughs> so uh, this again, if not now, when for for the Clippers, that should be their that should be their motto for this season for the postseason. Let's seriously, that should be their slogan. Because <laughs> what's what's stopping them? Lake, Lakers really aren't, and they're they're trying to get to the play-in. So they're not they might not even see them. And you feel like, okay, listen, Kawhi and Paul George, we teamed up together to win a championship. Looking at the landscapes of the teams, yeah, you know, it's going to be difficult. But what we've done in the league separately, um, and then now we're coming together. And when we did have that we did have success in that 2020 season, we didn't get it done uh, against Denver. But against Utah, the year after, they, they were playing really well up until Kawhi tore his ACL. And I truly felt like they were good. They were in route to go into the finals uh, because the, the Clippers did have a 2-1 lead against Phoenix that year. But we know they unfortunately they, they just didn't have enough firepower because Kawhi wasn't there. They, 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 have, they have to get at least to the Western Conference finals this year. At least. You know, <laughs> they got the coach, the duo, the roster. What 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 else, what am I missing here? What am I missing here? There's no excuses. There's no excuses. I said this in a in a reel on 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 our page. Follow us on follow us on Instagram at MNC Hoops. What what am I? What am I? What else? What else don't, is there to say? Don't forget to mention CJ. They their their player their their best player has championship experience, and their coach. Yep. So I I mean again, it's <laughs> no excuses. Absolutely zero for the Los Angeles Clippers this year. Zero. And I'm sure every every single Clipper fan feels the same exact way. All right, six seed. Looking at the landscape here. And we're gonna go, we're gonna go with Dallas, and then we're gonna just kind of do a a, 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 a semi-preview of a, a seven through ten. 
and the playing. So that guy does not know basketball. <laughs> what are you talking about? Tell about the guy that left a comment. What's the comment? I didn't see it. I missed it. I was on the other screen. Oh, it's something. that's right here. <laughs> something for us. That's crazy. <laughs> that's hilarious. So, yeah, Dallas. We talked about Dallas a little bit. Um. And, and, and talking about the Memphis series, if they were able to, if that was a potential matchup, they acquired Kyrie. I mean, how do you see how, how do you see this Dallas? Uh, what's your thoughts on this Dallas Maverick team, Nick? It's like I mentioned before. Um, we know the tandem that they got with Kyrie and Luca when they were able to bring to the table. And look, don't don't get it confused. I mean, but those guys together can be dangerous. I mean, we we I think I think the prime example of that was that game about a few weeks back against um, I think it was Philly. Yeah, it was against Philly when they both come out for eighty two points. Before. I think they had forty one apiece. So we know what they're able to do offensively. But my, my I guess my issue with Dallas is I'm not the biggest believer in their supporting cast. I mean, it's like I know I know that Maxi Cleaver hit the game winner this past Friday against the Lakers. I know they got guys like Tim Hardaway Jr., they got Josh Green and the rest of these guys, but when they're matched up against other great playoff teams and their supporting cast, I just don't believe that they match up well with those other guys. So that's my biggest concern for Dallas. Unfortunately, to get Kyrie, they had to give up a lot. They gave up Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and then the list goes on and on. So I like Dallas. I think Dallas can definitely give a team a run for the money, but I'm not that big of a believer in them just because – they don't. I don't. I don't think they have a good enough supporting cast to surround their two stars. Michael, man, how you how you feeling about the Dallas Mavericks um, post post Kyrie trade? You know, really, I just feel sorry for Nick. As much hate that he has against Dallas Mavericks, <laughs> we we know that Luke and Kyrie are going to be unstoppable in this first round when it goes on. I mean. Tell me. I I literally said that I literally said they were gonna be good. I said that. Who, who on the Memphis team is gonna stop them for seven games? I hey, that's not the issue. I, I said both of them are gonna be, be playing well. What's the rest of the I team know. gonna bring? What's the rest of the Kyrie team? Kyrie doesn't gotta... need the rest of the team. Kyrie has his LeBron Jr. in Luca over there to be just like the Cavaliers 2.0. Wood is going to be the Tom, uh, the Thompson that can actually do a little bit more offensively as well. We just need a couple of guys to be the J.R. Smith that knocked down some three and actually remember which way we're going with the basketball. This team is going to be good this first round against Memphis. I really think Dallas surprises a lot of people in this first round matchup against Memphis and possibly does. So are you picking them to win? This first round, absolutely. I think Dallas wins this five games. Five Boom, games, there. bro? Five, five games. Ga- Yo, Michael is Dallas, bold with the games. takes, baby. All right. Okay. Five games. I mean, Memphis, okay. Okay, the same thing that CJ was saying against Clippers, if not now, win, is almost the same for the Memphis because – you haven't yet, so when are you going to prove it? But it's into the negative yeah, way. It's, it's slightly comes, different. But what, I'm saying very, in the negative different. way on that. That's, it's that's on the other s- side. Okay, because, okay. See, I see what you mean. Okay. Because Memphis hasn't ever showed us that they are over that hump. The the season, they're good. They're almost like Utah have been in the past. First seed, second seed, but then first round and out. Memphis – has not showed us that they can play in a playoff yet. So 
I'm just gonna say what it is. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Are you? Hang on a minute. You saying that Memphis hasn't proved anything to us in the playoffs? I mean, do we really trust them to beat this Dallas team that's set with who they are? I mean, they have more firepower in their star power. Let me pick. I'm hey, picking they them have to beat better them. star power. You're picking Memphis over Dallas. I may be on an island by myself, and that's okay because you know what? On my island, I have all the coconuts to myself, and that is totally fine because I get whatever suntan I want, and I can be shirtless, and no one's offended, okay? But Dallas, to me, wins this series in five because Memphis, when playoff comes around, cannot play a half-court offense. It's more about, hey, let's get it and go offense, which doesn't really show too well when it comes to playoff time. If I'm wrong, I will say, hey, Nick, you remember a couple episodes ago, you know, March 19th or something like that, when I said that Dallas would win this in five? I was wrong. You were right. Memphis won. But until then, I'm going to stand on this. Yeah, I can see this series going seven, definitely, uh, because both teams have have uh, have really good pros, and they also have some flaws that could hurt. That could where I could see them losing multiple games in the series. Um, despite yes, the Mavericks definitely. If you if you were ranking the players in in the series, the top five players amongst between the the, the, the Grizzlies and, and the Mavericks, the top three. Yes, two out of three of those players would be on the Dallas Mavericks. Absolutely. But it's more than that, obviously, as we know. So um, the depth, the, the chemistry, the experience that Memphis has more experience as a team uh, than Dallas has as that as this new duo. Yes, Kyrie has more experience than all of them. So that could also play a factor. It would be a phenomenal series if, if, they, if they definitely matched up. Uh, Jason Kidd, Tyler Jenkins, two young head coaches battling out. Great chess match. Uh, I'd definitely be excited to see that. Mavericks. For, for Luca and, and Kyrie, it's it's just I, I really can't – I really don't have that big of an opinion right now because we've only seen them in, in a limited time. They teamed up together, and they've had these close games where they've been un- unable to win those games because they're kind of playing hot potato. You, you close, no, you close. Mm-hmm. And, and when you play, when you play isolation basketball like that, I and mean, you don't play in a scheme and a system that those things can happen, those things that happen, but then they do have nights where everybody's knocking down their threes. Kyrie's playing well, Lucas playing well, but they both had 40 in one game. So it's just, that's, that's what I mean. It's that hit or miss for them. They, they show uh, they show uh, flashes of what we could we, we kind of saw last year, even though with, with, with Jalen Brunson on this Maverick team, where Kyrie could get hot, Luca could get hot, and they could go on this crazy run. But those guys on the those guys in complement to them are going to have to be able to knock down shots. Uh, no, no, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So that's that's the big thing. You know, can they be able to adjust outside of just the isolation basketball? Because yes, they could. They one on one, both of those guys could score on anyone. But there's other teams in the Western Conference that they have guys in the world that can do the same exact thing. So what else are you bringing to the table uh, to help you win these series? That's my thing with Dallas. Uh, they, they're going to have to do other things, floor spacing, defense, rebounding, uh, 
creating turnovers. They're going to have to do those type of things. I need to see what what type of players are willing to do those roles and fill in those things as we see as we know, Luka and Kyrie are going to bring it when, from a scoring and obviously playmaking perspective for Doncic. That's the key. And and I don't and I just I just don't see it on a consistent basis uh, because of the injuries of both guys and also when they're on the court, uh, it just hasn't been able to work as maybe some people might have thought. But I, I'm not going to say it will never work because it's still early with with this duo. So I, I'd have to see another full clean season of them playing playing on 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 the team together to really have a true opinion. But they're good. Um, they're re- they, they could be excellent. Uh, when they're on, so it's just you just don't know what you're gonna get. You just don't know what you're gonna get. They're a true wild card, man. Because we know what Kyrie brings to the table in the playoffs, and we definitely know what Luca brings to the play uh, to the table in the playoffs. Uh, so <laughs> if they're both healthy, you just can't sleep on. You just cannot sleep on those guys. They definitely have two guys that could easily win four games in the series easily. Playing, let's look at the plan real fast before we get to the East in the in the Western Conference. We got the seven seed is the Golden State Warriors. The eighth seed is the Oklahoma City Thunder. The ninth seed is uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the tenth seed is Utah Jazz. Lakers are eleventh outside looking in. They're playing Orlando right now. They need that W desperately uh, to be able to stay in this in this play-in race. Nick, break this play-in play-in race for, for us real fast, and 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 a quick 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 little preview of each team. Oh man, so let's break it down. Let's start with the seven, eight Warriors and Thunder. That that's actually a really good matchup. I think that's actually a really good matchup. I mean, I, I mean, we know that Golden State are the defending champs, but OKC they're a young team on the rise, and I think that they can be a legitimate threat. You know, Shea Gilgis Alexander, we have been very high on him throughout the season. Has had a very phenomenal year, but then you've got a great supporting cast: Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, um, both uh, Jalen Williams guys. Um, and the list goes on and on. So OKC has a really great supporting cast, and I think they're no sleeper in this in this contest. If if the season were to end like this, now obviously Golden State will have the edge, especially you know with them having that having that home game, and then of course the experience. But if OKC is to lose this game, they they still they they still have another chance of getting to the playoffs. So going over to Minnesota and Utah. This this is this is this is a really good match. I mean, these are two teams that traded. They had uh, they had a really block big blockbuster trade in, in the offseason. You know, um, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They have one of their old one of Utah's old franchise guys. Um, but I, I will say, I think with the experience per se, I'll probably give the edge to to Minnesota in this matchup just because of the firepower. You know, you, when you talk about the combination of Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and we know what Rudy Gobert brings to the table on the defensive end, are one of the best rim protectors in the NBA. Um, I just feel like all of the odds have to be towards Minnesota's way. And I feel like this is really their their game to lose in this contest, especially with them having the whole matchup as well. You know, Minnesota, in my opinion, would definitely take that matchup, and then they would be on their way to play OKC, potentially in that last playing spot. Now that would be a good that would be a really big contest. And if that were to happen, I'll probably probably still give the edge to Minnesota. So OKC might slightly just miss the playoffs, unfortunately. Did you say OKC missed the playoffs? Yes, if they were to play uh Minnesota in that last playing uh playing playing game to make the eighth seed. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna go ahead and say this that I'm going to start first with the eight and 
or I'm sorry, the nine and 10 with Minnesota and Utah. Everyone thought the trade at the beginning of this, well, during the off season was trash anyways, giving up five first round picks trash. for Rudy Gobert and then come out to end the season. Granted that may not end this way, but if today was the final day to have a nine versus 10 Minnesota against Utah, I think it is just flat out comical to have the team that traded five future picks, first round future picks, that is, for a guy that blocks shots at the rim but plays no defense from five feet out, is playing against each other. So I am begging Utah to pull up an upset, if you call it an upset, on this 9-10 play-in game. So, so I – go ahead. What was you saying? I'm saying that's a, that, that'd be the upset. The cat comes back too. That's an upset. They were able to beat Minnesota with so, Kat, Anthony Edwards, and well, yeah. the reason I say if you call it an upset because it's a play-in. So like it's 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 hey you're getting into this spot here. So I mean, it's a loser bracket to be in the game. So that's why I'm hesitant to say it's an upset because you're just trying to get into where you can upset. But I'm with it because they're a lower seed. They're the worst team. But. I hope and I believe everyone is almost actually finally cheering for Utah in that just because of that trade. So if Utah actually makes it to the winner of the 9-10 game to play against the Golden State or the Oklahoma City, I think that would be great just because of the making your team worse by losing a good player, not to mention you lose Donovan Mitchell as well, who goes to Cavaliers but still somehow make it to the play-in game to upset the guy, the team that you traded one of the players to, it's phenomenal. It's just – it's like a perfect fairy tale story that you've just written. So I think it would be great. So with that being said, I'm going to pull for Utah on that one. Now for the seven and eight, I'm going to give the upper hand to Golden State for the veteran that they have and say that they become the two seed. I hope that they lose and go to the eight seed because – Sacramento, I'd like to see you all make it to the second round. But with that being said, I'm going to say Golden State becomes the seventh seed and Oklahoma against Utah would be a fun matchup to see a future team uh, or future teams of what we can see to come match up with the Utah and Oklahoma City. But I actually think Oklahoma can can beat Utah on that matchup. Boom, there we go. So seven becomes seven, eight stays eight, in my opinion. For the playing in the Western Conference right now, the way it stands, seven, eight seed, Man, uh, Golden State, they better get it together because OKC is really creeping up and they could easily get that seven spot and they could get that home field advantage. And we know how nasty uh, the Warriors' home uh, away record is. And I don't think they want to be on the road uh, against a against a really good, uh, against an, a young, aspiring OKC, OKC team um, and, and a playing type style. Just because I, I know, I, I, I get it, the experience that they have and they could turn the switch on, but seven and 29 is still seven and 29. And, uh, that's just so alarming to me for you know a defending champion team, the, the defending champions that to, to just be so bad like that on the road. But your the win your your uh, home record is phenomenal. <laughs> uh, the, the the discrepancy like that is is so crazy. But they got they got to win some games, man. They have to win some games. OKC just got a big W, like I said earlier against Phoenix. They needed that win. Uh, so if they were to get that seven seed. And, and and go to stay as a road game. That that's a tricky game. That's a tricky game. I, that, that, that it really is. Golden State, Curry. We'll, we'll see Wiggins. They need Wiggins. They need. Remember, mm-hmm. Wiggins had like some some double doubles in that finals. That really that really uh, sw- swung them uh, swung the, the the turns. 
for uh, for Golden State in, in, the, in the finals. The 14-16 game, he had a couple, yeah, crucial 16 rebounds. Like he was, he was going crazy. So they need him for sure. That the obviously the floor spacing, uh, the athleticism also. They're 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 such a they're so inconsistent, man. They they, they really are. Uh, it's really tough to trust them. But I know they have talented guys. And I know they have the experience. But it's their road. They lost to the Grizzlies last night. It just it just didn't look good. They got blasted. It wasn't even a close game. AFC. But yeah, again, I like OKC. I just they don't have the uh, elite rim protector, and obviously Chet is going to be that be that player for them next year. I think when they get Chet, watch out, <laughs> watch out, man, because that's really all they need to me. They need a and, and he's a stretch. He's a two way stretch five. Mm-hmm. So that's just that's just he's wow. the perf, he's the perfect style for for today's NBA. He can protect the basket and he can space the floor, and he's not like go he's he has he's more laterally he has better lateral lateral quickness than Gobert, even though they're both seven two, um, and he he could cover much more space uh, with his size and athleticism, similar to obviously what we saw what we see from women Yama as well. So then when they get Chet, it's over. And I just saw a clip of him putting up some shots. It looked like he put on some some weight too. So that's mm. good. That's good. So that's good to see. Um, but even even now, I still think they're, they're a team you, you cannot sleep on because SGA. Is another just in that category of players that could get to their spots. He's in that category. So the so from that standpoint alone, forty plus any given night, uh, and he could get to the free throw line, knock down all his free throws. And I know some some people were calling him a free throw merchant and things like that. But I mean, if they're calling them, if they're blowing the whistle and he's knocking them down, what what are you supposed to do? He's if you're gonna call it, I'm gonna knock him down. It's plain and simple. Um, he's probably gonna win MIP, and he deserves it. He, he deserves absolutely no, no question. Nine ten. I don't have Utah as ten. I think the Lakers get that tenth spot. Of course you do. <laughs> God. Hey. Uh, now, so they they've played well and they had they just they've just been losing close games. They're right there. All their losses are just by a possession or two. It's not like they get they get smoked, but it's just you can't so take losers. those. No, 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 no. For sure. No, I'm saying this, this is my follow up. You can't take those. You can't take those type of L's right now. You have to. You have to play damn near perfect. You cannot lose those type of games. You have to be able to execute down the stretch and make like that Mavs game. Yeah, I know Kyrie had thirty eight, but you have you, you were up. You were up. You have to win that game, man. And it's and it's in your on your home court at, at the Crypto.com Arena. You have to win that game. Now they're playing in Orlando right now. That's this is a this is a must win tonight for for the Lakers. It just is. So I'm expecting them. They're to already play. in playoffs. I would hope that should be their mindset. I mean, for all these teams, they should already be in playoff mindset. Like, there's 10 games left. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, I, I think I think they 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 get it done and, and they they get they just get get that 10th spot. And if they go up against Minnesota and and LeBron is back, we we know who's gonna win that game. So, <laughs> it's just the fast. Pelicans. I think it's not. I don't think so. I don't even. I think they done. Yeah, they shut Zion down for the season. It's over. There's no point. There's no point, man. It's unfortunate, man. It really, it's just sad. It, it, but yeah, that's that's my that's my view for the for the playing playing. Oh, I'll just I'll just say this about Minnesota too. Cats coming back. That, that's it's, it. Could be a factor. Now again, like I said if they match up with the Lakers. I, I favor the Lakers. But if this somehow turns out to be different. 
uh, a couple of weeks from now, they, it, it could it could be better. Now, just what what type of Carl Anthony Towns are we getting? I mean, he hasn't he has he missed a lot of time. It's an it's a calf like Achilles type injury, so that's always tricky when you talk about a big man. He has lower extremity injuries. It's tough. It's tough. So uh, I have some concerns. They've been able to still play well with without him and still you know be in this playing type style. I got to give a lot of credit to uh, Ryan Finch and, and those guys. Kyle Anderson, obviously Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert, they they they've done. They, Rudy got to give Rudy credit too. I mean, holding that holding that paint down, it's, it's essential. I forgot about Mike Conley too. Mike, Mike Conley was Mike Conley was a really solid pickup in, in that in that trade um, at the trade deadline. So they, and they got they, him from Utah too. That's crazy. Not Nas yep. Reed. Nas Reed also believes New Jersey native, holding it down. Uh, he, he's had a, he's had a great season, a great season. So. It's they 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 showed they I've I've seen a lot of good things from from Minnesota and it, it just unfortunately Cat wasn't there so we didn't see them at full strength, uh, but I do see some good things even though despite they have Gobert um, but it's just I think they're going to be all right going forward uh, I really do. All right, let's go to the Eastern Conference. Let's just break down this top six: um, Milwaukee and the Celtics. Let's, let's, let's say, yeah, let's, let's go Milwaukee Sixers. Again, Bucks going crazy. Michael, what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on the Bucks? And then you could follow that up and, and give us your, your opinion on, on the Philadelphia 76ers. I think the Bucks are the team of the East. That's why I think Giannis is the MVP. The Buck stops at the finals. So I think they have just – they've done it so many years now. Uh, it's its every day for them now. They're unstoppable. Uh, now, yes, Philadelphia beat them a couple weeks ago and did whatever they did. Yes, I understand that. But the Bucks have put on a display since Christmas of 24-5. and five. The last team to do something like that was the Boston Celtics of last year, and they made it to the finals. So the Bucks are the team. And I don't think you can throw anyone in their face and it slows them down. Now, I will say this. Miami is at number seven. If they make that eight seed, Miami in the past have been one of those teams that gives Bucks a little bit of defense of turmoil with Bam being able to defend Giannis a little bit with physical and be able to keep up with him. And the 2-3 defense that they play does give the Bucks a little bit of trouble. So I'll just say that. I'm not saying it will stop them. But I think the Bucks are in finals is my pick right now. 76ers, I have said this, and I will always say this, I can't buy in on the 76ers until they actually prove it. They're the Gonzaga of the NBA to me. They're always good. They're always supposed to be there, but somehow they find a way to not make it. I'm just calling it is what it is. Until the 76ers show that they can actually make it through the finals, I'm not ever putting a pity on that name. Now, I'm not saying they're not good, but I'm saying I probably would keep my penny if I didn't bet against them. 76ers, this is your year that you're actually playing well and doing well. Uh, Harden has quietly been outstanding this year, not really had much attention all year, but yet being a great Robin. You've got Maxie, who has been playing well in that third spot as well. Uh this is possibly their best year I think they've had in a couple of years that they can make a run for the finals. But I still think it's the Bucks going to end up there. 
All right, Nick, what about you, brother? Well, it's up for grabs. Um, it's up for grabs, man. Um, Michael made some pretty good points here in Milwaukee. Always. Has had a has had an exceptional season. I think, you know, we, we talk about how last year, you know, with them not having Chris Middleton, how much it really played an effect, especially in that Boston series, because besides besides Giannis, it was really no help offensively. You know, Drew Holiday didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Bobby Portis didn't really contribute much offensively, and the rest of those guys, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, didn't really produce much either. So now you have your second scoring option, which is primarily your closer anyways, I mean, which we saw in the finals a few years ago against Phoenix. So Chris Middleton plays a pivotal role in this postseason if he if he is healthy. I mean, we all know what Giannis brings to the table. We all know that he is the MVP of this team. But Chris Middleton does play a, play a major factor. So if he is healthy and he is able to produce at a high level, which I expect him to, Milwaukee has a really good chance of making it out of the East once again and making the way back to the finals. As for Philly, they need to come in hungry. You know, I feel like they need to have that chip on their shoulder. Joel Embiid should be tired of going into the postseason every year and getting knocked out by Boston or Milwaukee or whoever, Miami, whoever it is. He needs to establish himself as the guy of the Eastern Conference. You know, if he does, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people like CJ do have him as the front runner for MVP. And we do know that it is a regular season award, but now let's capitalize off of that going into the postseason. Can you prove that you are the guy? Can you prove that you are the best player in the conference? I feel like, you know, I feel like this year Philly definitely has a big chance, you know, with the with the contributions of James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, um, you know, and, and the list goes on and on, you know, just, you know, great supporting cast for Philly. I know that Doc Rivers is kind of like a laughing stock, you know, for a lot of guys. You know, we all know that, you know, the playoff, the playoff resume that he has besides the championship. So that could play into effect, but hey, you still you still have Joel and B. So that can that can make a big difference in a way. So for Philly, I just hope that they go into this postseason with a lot of motivation and a lot of hunger. And let's see if they can make that push to the finals this year. Absolutely, absolutely. See if we can if they can make that push. Milwaukee Bucks, they're dangerous. They're dangerous because they have the experience. They have two special basketball players. Uh, one obviously being a three, actually really three special basketball players, uh, if you include Drew Holiday and Giannis. It's just unstoppable. Uh, he's just he's just gonna get to the basket. That's it. He's just he's gonna dunk. He's just gonna get a dunk or a layup. You just cannot stop him. Uh, and that is that your team is always going to be good if you if you build the team the right way around him because of his ability to slash and get to the basket, you're going to have success. You're going to have success. They have championship identity. Uh, the, most of their core guys that one day that where they won the championship are still there. Bobby Portis, uh, Connington, obviously Giannis, Giannis Middleton, and Drew. Mike Budenholzer coaching. So they they felt like their mindset last year was really just you know we didn't have we didn't have our you know our other brother and Chris that's why we didn't get past that's why we didn't get it there and we still almost got past the Celtics uh, despite not having Middleton so for them now like they, they're, I'm sure their mindset we're at full strength ready to go and that's why we've seen them start to play up much better in the second half after the post All Star break um, and that's and because they know when they need to play their best basketball and that's this is this is the time this is the time right now you don't just turn it on. 
in April, you know, April 15th. It's a collection of games way before that into the regular season that gives you the confidence to go into the playoffs and have the success that you would like to have. So, I mean, they're, they're just going to be dangerous. They, they, they just are. And um, it's going to be tough to defeat them four times in the series, regardless of who they match up against um, throughout this process. Philadelphia, same thing with the Clippers. No excuses. Absolutely no excuses. You got James Harden. You got my 2022-2023 MVP, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, excellent third option. Tobias Harris, I would like to see him do other things on the court to make an impact. We, we know he could score. and We know he could score. That's good. But I want to see him get some more rebounds, be be a factor on defense. Do the do he because now you, you don't need you don't need to score twenty now like you did in twenty nineteen, or or a couple years ago. Now you could come in and, and get your 17, 18. But what else are you doing on the court? What okay? You're, you're spacing the floor obviously because we know the two other players on on the roster are going to draw draw double double teams. Good, that's great. But you're going to have to bring it defensively also. Uh, so I'm really interested to see how he plays in, in, in the postseason this year, man. He, he's a, he's an X factor for, for this squad. He, he really is. George Nyang can space the floor. Uh, Melton was, was a really good pickup that they got from, uh, from Memphis. They did, they flipped Danny green. Danny green is, is not even playing right now. I mean, he's, because he had the injury with the ACL. So they, you know, they flipped Danny green and said to, to Melton and Melton has been a big time addition for them. The way he stepped up and when Tyrese, when Maxi was out, with the foot injury inserting and being inserted to the starting lineup and keeping Philadelphia at, at, you know, making sure that shooting guard position was still solid. He did a great job. He has playoff experience as well. Last year playing, playing on the Grizzlies. There's no excuses. <laughs> There's really not Doc Rivers championship head coach is like, what are we doing? What are we doing? James Harden brother? Like, this is it. I mean, you're in your prime, you're in your prime. You're not the, you're not the guy now on a team. So, you should you should be playing out of your mind, man. You have a you have a guy like Joel Embiid as your teammate. You should go out there and ball. They haven't Joel Embiid hasn't been past the second round his entire NBA career. What's what's stopping what's stopping them this year from from that not happening again? Truly, it just just everybody's just gonna say they fold. That's it. It's just because because what we see in years past. That's the only thing we say. It's like, oh, they look, they're great, but we, they fold. That's it. It's not talent. <laughs> it's not any, it's just, they just can't get it done when, they, when they're supposed to get it done. And uh, this this needs to be the year where they get past the second round. They should be in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, Eastern Conference Finals, man. They, they should be. Celtics, they, you know, they, they started off hot, but they've kind of, you know, hit a, hit a rough patch. They look beatable. They look beatable. They're not unstoppable like we saw in the regular season in the beginning of the season. The Celtics look beatable. Uh, Bucks. They could be beat as well, but it's going to be obviously more difficult. But they have the, the Sixers have the talent to definitely beat them in the series, no question, no no, no question about it. So <laughs> it's just it's just like if not now, when same thing same thing for the Clippers. They're they're they're, they're cousins or brothers in that aspect in terms of it's a lot of expectations, a lot of talent, and they need to get it done, man. They need to have a, some some solid playoff runs so so we can talk about them and for, for years to come. Third and the fourth seed, we got uh, we got the Celtics and we got the Cleveland Cavaliers. Michael, what's your what's your thoughts on on these two teams? Celtics, like I said, like I just said, they started off hot. Um, they've kind of 
you know, hit a hit a rough patch a little bit, losing some team, losing losing to some teams, and now they're the third seed now, not the first seed. Uh, what's your thoughts on them, and then obviously also uh, Cleveland? Uh, so not the matchup three, six, four, five, just the three and four. Yeah, yeah, just three, four. Yeah, we're going three, four, five, six. Yeah, I do think Boston can still make a run. Uh, of course, everyone in the East can make a run. We know that, but so I don't want to keep saying that and not give the true respect of what I'm saying, but Boston has a true shot of still making it back to the finals. They're one year removed from making it to the finals of putting together a phenomenal run from, I think it was like the third or fourth of January, putting in a wonderful stretch all the way up into the playoffs. So we know Boston's been there before. We know Boston can do it again because it's pretty much the same lineup. The only thing is it's almost in a way that Boston has started falling behind the curtains of the Bucks and also of the 76ers who are on this short eight-game run winning streak. So, excuse me, my, my thing is Boston has the team, has the capability, has a good coach that can be proven to make the corrections inside the games uh, and make the corrections that they need to as far as X's and O's and defense matchups. So Boston has a true shot at this, especially with the matchup that they have at the first round with with Brooklyn of what they've lost and everything falling apart uh, with their trades of Kyrie and Kevin Durant. So I could see Boston with a second-round matchup going against Philadelphia, who we have already said in past doesn't make it out of the second round to make it back into the Eastern Conference because Boston has the clear path of that way. So Boston, I'm not counting out. I'm not saying that I wouldn't uh, put any kind of bets on Boston making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. You have to have some faith in that green. Uh, Just Tatum has had an awesome year all year long. It's just it seems like the spark has started to dwindle a little bit as we've gone on in the season. Am I saying they've gotten behind as far as playing worse? I don't think so. I just think the two top teams, Milwaukee and Philadelphia, has just been much better consistently, and that's what's put them over the edge right now. Now moving up to Cleveland, we knew Cleveland would be good. I've said from the beginning that I thought Donovan Mitchell would have a, a, a MVP career or year this year and have them up in the top five and six spot. I didn't think that they would be in the four spot. So they've outperformed more than what most people would have assumed. And they are a good team that is still building for their future. So to be at the fourth seed in year 2023, compared to what they're going to be as Garland progresses, as all this team gets uh, playing together, they're going to be a team that is going to stay in this top five tier for a few years. Now, I think they have a great matchup against the Knicks. And I think they could possibly make some noise against the Bucks, being young and dumb, not knowing that they're not supposed to be good against the Bucks in a playoff. Uh, sometimes not having the experience in the playoff can be to your benefit saying, we don't care what we're supposed to be doing. This is why we're here and this is what we're going to do. So I am full on both seeds of the three and four that makes the second round matchup between a one and two will possibly go to a six, seven game, whoever they play. Man, that was good, wasn't it? That was, yeah, that was good. Y'all, yeah. y'all can't even say anything after that. Yeah, Nick, 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 you could go, man. I mean, if you guys can't tell, I'm, I'm doing MNC, so. Mm-hmm. Moderator, moderator time. Um, can't count Boston out. 
They already know what is what it takes to get to the uh, to the NBA Finals, so they're going to use that experience, use that pain of the loss of last year, the struggles that they went through last year in that Finals against Golden State. You got to take that to consideration coming into this year. They're going to be more motivated. They're going to be more hungry. They're going to be able to execute. <clears throat> and I will be honest, I even though they have fallen off a little bit in the East, I still feel like they are more dangerous this year than what they were last year. Jason Tatum is a better player. Jalen Brown is a better player. Marcus Smart is a better player. They added additions like Malcolm Brogdon and the rest of these guys. They got great supporting cast. Like Al Horford has been phenomenal for them this year. Robert Williams has been phenomenal for them this year. Derek White, the list goes on and on and on. So Boston has two tandem talents plus their supporting cast is phenomenal as well. So that's going to that's gonna play a major factor going into the postseason. So I know that Milwaukee is number one, Philly is number two, but do not do not sleep on Boston. Boston is going to be right up there. They they've been to the conference finals about like what five of the last six years, if you want to say. So it's like they know exactly what it takes. They've already been battle testing the playoffs on many occasions, and they know what it takes to get to the NBA finals. So definitely don't sleep on Boston. And as for Cleveland on number four, this is going to be interesting. So. Besides Donovan Mitchell, it's like, you know, a lot of guys on the team do not have a lot of major playoff experience. You know, this is going to be Darius Garland's first go around. It's going to be Evan Mobley. Jared Allen's been in the playoffs, I believe, before. Same thing as uh, Kyrus LeVert, I want to say. So they have some experience. Yeah, with, but, with the Nets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely, definitely, with, definitely with the Brooklyn Nets. So even – but here's the thing, though. Like, Donovan Mitchell, I mean, I know that Utah – didn't really have the best of playoff experiences, but Donovan Mitchell does know what it takes to carry a team throughout the playoffs. I mean, we saw it in 2017, I believe, or 2018, I believe, was against OKC. Um, we've even seen it, you know, on, on on several occasions as well, even even past that. So, D. Mitch show has shown in the past that he can play at a high level coming to the postseason, and if that could potentially rub off on the rest of the team. I could possibly see them getting out of the first round against New York. I mean, that's neither here nor there. New York would definitely give them a run for their money, but playoff experience does matter. And with Donovan Mitchell, what he has shown in the past as far as carrying a team, that kind of gives me a little bit of confidence that Cleveland could possibly get out of the first round and then get make their way to the second round. Yeah, but again, yeah, both teams are, are playing excellent. The Celtics. They have they have the same roster, but I don't know if they have the same team, and and that's and that's two different things. That's two different things. You can have the same roster, but you might not have the same team, and because things things change, in in each season, so it's going to be different. Not having Robert Williams been in and out of the lineup, that's a big deal. When he's not when he's not in the middle protecting the basket, that paint that paint can look sweet. That paint can look sweet. It looked very easy for guys to drive and get to the basket, um, and you don't and you don't have that confidence um, as a defender, a perimeter defender, like knowing you have this guy behind you. It's different now, so you need to your attention. You need to be more locked in defensively, um, and so that's that's been a concern for me. Uh, but they still do have a talented duo, Tatum and Brown, Missoula. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do in in the playoffs. I've never seen him as a head coach in the postseason, So this is the first time. So I can't, I can't assume just because it worked for Ime, it's going to work for Missoula. I'm not going to make that 
uh, assumption because they're two different people. <laughs> so I don't know if the adjustments that Ime would make is the same ones that Missoula would make. It, it, so that that's that's really one thing that I'm interested in seeing is how he performs as as a coach. Say if they're down, say if they're down two one in a series, does he make adjustments? What does he do uh, to help his squad? Uh, get a win and end or a series. That's that's a big question for me when I look at when I look at the Celtics as well. Um, but they do have they do have the experience. Their core guys are probably, I mean, right up there with with Middleton and Giannis as far as experience over these last seven years. Right there, they're right up there with those guys, no question about it. So that's that's one of the things where you you, you could look at that and say, uh, all in all, they know what to do during this time of the season. Uh, so they're definitely dangerous, no doubt about it. Bringing in Brogdon, six man of the year candidate, an efficient, an efficient player, a closer, uh, a, a, a guy that could be a third option uh, as well. Smart, what he brings defensively. If they're able to get, if Robert Williams is healthy, it, it, it's it's they have they have one thousand <laughs> percent they could get back to the NBA Finals because because that you have Smart, Brogdon, Tatum, Brown. And, and Williams as your closest lineup. Maybe Horford, depending on who's in foul trouble. If Williams is in foul trouble, you could probably put Horford in that in that five. But that would be the closing five for me if I'm a if I'm the Boston Celtics. And, and that you have a lot of versus that's that's probably that's their best defensive lineup right there. The versatility in that lineup uh is is, is crazy. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. It's gonna be wild. It's gonna be interesting to see because if they do match up with, with Philadelphia, we know they have Philadelphia's number for the longest, uh for, for the at least since Embiid's been a sixer, they just haven't been able to to get past Boston. So they they, they would have confidence there if they were to match up. So they're they're very dangerous. Cleveland, great season. We expected them to be right here. You know, we when we talked about this when they traded for Mitchell, you know, we said where would we where would the Cavs be? You said top five, top six, something like that, and and here they are. Here they are in the, in the fourth seed. Donovan Mitchell special uh, scored seventy this season. Garland is is phenomenal as a as a, a scoring playmaker. They have they have two two guys defensively that could definitely create some issues for opposing teams, and, and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. That small forward position is going to be so key. Who's going to be that small forward for them? in those closing lineups that that's going to make those plays. Is it going to be Levert? We know Levert could definitely score, put the ball in the basket, but what is he doing defensively? What is, what is the other things that he's doing? Because they don't need him to score when he's in the starting lineup. They have two other, they have two other guys that could do that. Is it going to be Osman? Is it going to be a Coro? Who's going to be that small forward, man? That's, that's a big question uh, that, that I have, that I have with Cleveland, but I, I really, I really like their team, man. They're, they're going to grow. They're going to continue to get better because they're young this is their first year as a with this uh with this core uh and 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 look look at the success that they're having jb bickerstaff has done a great job uh, as a as a young head coach got to give him a lot of credit as well and you know if they were to match up against the next year that's that's a that's a close series i i have that series going seven obviously obviously we all know where i'm going but i i got it i got it going seven but just because of the, just because of all the factors for both teams uh, but yeah, Cleveland is, is playing is playing great basketball, and I think people not, aren't talking about them too much. But uh, they're going to be dangerous. And, and the last thing for me also is that I see could be a potential problem with the Cavs is Garland and and Mitchell are are great, 
But if you make them work on defense, what does that look like now? What does the game look like now if you're making them work defensively? They're not great perimeter defenders. I mean, they could defend, but they're not elite perimeter defenders. So if you're making them work on that other end and they're not just, you know, hugging a spot up <laughs> the whole game, it's the, the offense, your offense is not going to be the same. You're not going to be able to drop points because you're exerting so much energy on that defensive end. It could get you tired. Things, things like that are going to happen. So what they do defensively as a backcourt is just as important as what they do from a scoring standpoint on the offensive end uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Five, six seed. We got the New York Knicks, the real New York team. Uh, and then we got the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> and that was a little jab, a little jab at, at, the, at the Nets, but uh, we start with Michael, man. Yeah, what's your, what's your thoughts on, on this, this New York Knicks, the two New York teams in, in the NBA? I'll be kind of quick on this. I'm not uh, at any all in a belief for the uh, the Brooklyn Nets right now. Uh, they are in rebuild, in my opinion. I feel like some of the pieces that they Stop got disrespecting are actually, them, Michael. No disrespecting uh, them. I'm sorry, but if you look at the camera, I'm the only one on camera, so it's on me. So, Nikolai, back up and let me hate on them all I want, okay? So, with that being said, before I was rudely interrupted, Brooklyn Nets are decent, and I like some of the players that they have. Uh, Cam's really starting to come out onto his own there. But my opinion, I just don't see them competing with Boston. So I think they are a series of five and out. But I will go up to the Knicks, and I think it's very interesting to see the battle of the five-foot guards and see what goes on with Brunson and Donovan Mitchell in this matchup. Obviously, they're taller than that. Let me alone, Nick. Don't come at me. But uh, the Brunson and the lefty on all the players for the Knicks with uh, Julius that uh, – I mean, basically restarts his uh, – reamps his career back with a point guard who can spread the floor a little bit for him, give him his space to work. I think it could be a good matchup. It definitely is a good storyline as well. If it were to end this way, the team that wanted Donovan Mitchell against the team that got Donovan Mitchell – so it would be a great series just to see how that pans out. I do think Knicks have a phenomenal shot at actually, excuse me, making this go to a 6-2, possibly 7-game series in the first round just for the fact that I feel like there's a little bit of beef that we don't even know that's going on with this, kind of under behind the curtains more or less of some of the chatter that may take place that we have no idea that goes on just because of the hatred between the trades and everything went on with that, with Utah and all that. So with that being said, I like the Knicks here, uh, CJ, I don't want to take some of your time on talking with them. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I think the Knicks have made a case to be relevant this year at that five spot in the East to have a chance of upsetting the number four Cleveland in that first round. And it wouldn't surprise us. Yeah, Nick, what about you, brother? Man, the Knicks ain't nothing. No, I was kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, trash. Oh my god. But um, you know, the the Knicks, honestly, this this is a good matchup because I, I mentioned this I mentioned this on a um on an episode a few weeks ago. I feel like Cleveland and New York, I feel like they're neck and neck, honestly. I feel like, you know, with the teams, when you look at both of them, like both of them, you know, look New York has some playoff experience from, you know, a few years ago. Cleveland's still very young, but I still feel like, you know, the talent is still there. So that would be a really great matchup. But 
New York has had a really great uh, redemption season. You can't take it away from, you know, the addition of Jalen Brunson, huge, really huge. I didn't, I, I knew that he would be great, but I didn't think that it would make this much of a difference. Julius Randle has redeemed himself from the previous season and has really had a great all-star season. So New York, New York, this, this could be their, I mean, this could be their year to where they could get out of the first round. I mean, we all know what happened in that series against Atlanta. That's in the past. You know, this is a brand new team. You know, it's, an, it's a whole nother year. Let's see what they can do. And as far as for Brooklyn, number six, Michael, you're hating. Brooklyn is still a really good team. Mikel Bridges has shown us he is that guy, which, you know, he, he showed flashes of it, you know, with the ability to score, uh, like, at a three level during during his time with Phoenix. But at the end of the day, you know, when you're playing alongside guys like, when you're playing alongside guys like, you know, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Aiden, you know, there's only one ball, you know, you got to play your role. So that's why Bridges played more of like a spot-up type player during his time at Phoenix. And now we're seeing him be able to create more around the around the perimeter and just be able to score multiple ways. So, but then on top of that, you know, with the rest of the supporting cast, you know, they got Cam Johnson. Nick Claxton, in my opinion, is having a most improved season. I've mentioned that on numerous occasions. Um Ben Simmons is still on the roster. I don't know how much he would be able to produce, but overall, when I look at like after the trade happened, you know, and I and I really took like a deep dive into the Nets roster. I was looking like, okay, this team isn't obviously the they, the expectations aren't as high as they were before before the trade. But when I look at this team and I look at who they got as head coach and Jock Vaughn, who I who I am a believer of, this team is still pretty good, and I feel like they probably wouldn't win a series. But they will give any team a run for the money. Like so, for right now, they will play Boston in the first round. I can see them pushing Boston to at least maybe five or six games, Pop, maybe maybe just five, just because. But you know, definitely making it competitive and not you know in in, in avoiding getting swept. So I'm a I'm a believer in Brooklyn. I still think that they're a pretty good team. You know, they could definitely make they could definitely make something happen in this postseason, and then after that, let's let's see what happens afterwards in the um in the offseason. Now, I just want to put in here that I'm not a hater on the Brooklyn team. I actually like some of their lineup. I just think they're a superstar leading them away. Like they've they've got good players and a good roster. I just Mikel Bridges is that star, baby. He's that star. I think they're a few years out. Let me at least say that. I like the lineup and I think it's more of a future setup. But they're years out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that lineup as well. Uh, For the Knicks, it's been a, again. It's been a special ride, man. It really, it really has. It really has. Um, <laughs> 12, 12 and three, and he's in, in the last fifteen games, a nine game winning streak, in in those last fifteen games as well. I lost three, lost three in a row, and it's just won three in a row. Brunson just came back against the Nuggets uh, yesterday, had twenty four points, sixteen points in the first quarter. That's he's 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 the best player on the team. He just he opens so many more. He creates so many more opportunities for Randall, for RJ, and, and everyone else on, on the squad. He's so efficient. The Knicks are an heavy isolation basketball team, but the reason why it works the way it works is because Jalen Brunson is so efficient in isolation. Uh, you know he's really close to being. He could easily be a 50, 40, 90 guy. I could see that in his future down the road. So that efficiency. Um, each and every night, it, it just it, it kind of masks some of the the uh, 
the flaws in a heavy isolation type of scheme in the playoffs. I still have my concerns with that um, because because even with that, I feel like that's just too much pressure for him to just score like that all the time. And if you just open up the offense a little bit more and move the basketball a little bit more, because I feel like we have the roster to do that, it would make us a much more dangerous team. And then situationally, if we need a bucket on -on one-on-one scoring, we could go to we could go to Brunson to make that happen. We could go to Randall at times. RJ when he has his head down attacking the basket, going to the rim, he could do those certain things as well. So that's my thing with Thibodeau. It's like, yeah, the four out one in, it's working. It's great. It's great. And I, I'm a fan of it. And Brunson has done a great job this year, no, no doubt. But come playoff time, the, the, the key things that matter, especially in the half court, is uh ball movement and floor spacing. And those are the those those are the only two issues I see with this Knicks team is is, is three, the three point percentage is not where it needs to be, and the assist per game to me is not where it needs to be, and you, and those 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 crucial those crucial factors are very are very key in the playoffs. You have you have to be able to move the ball, and you have to be able to shoot and, and, and knock down shots. It's essential. So quickly, R.J. Grimes. You know, the, those those three, just similar to what I said with Triple J, Brooks, and, and Desmond Bain for the Grizzlies. They have to step up. They have to show out um, in, in, in the playoff, in this first playoff series, if, if they go up against the, the Cavaliers, which obviously that's what it's set up to be um, with, with a few games left. I think we got the best bench in the NBA, uh, you know, bringing in Josh Hart. Josh Hart has been a, just a phenomenal pickup. He just does everything for this team. You need him to get 10 rebounds. He could do that. If he, if he, we don't need him to score 20, but he could, he could get you assists, steals. He just brings, he just brings a, just a different mentality. He could get stops when, when he does get stops. The reason why I like when he gets the defensive rebound is because he pushes the, he, he pushes the pace. He creates the tree, he creates a, a transition offense for us. It makes us a much faster team. We have so many, we have so many guys that are athletic that can run the floor. We need to add that aspect to our offense. Um, I don't know why we don't do that more, but when you bring Harden there and he gets that rebound, he plays, he has, he has his head up and that's how you're supposed to play basketball. After you get the rebound, he'll slide your head up to make the right pass. Yeah. So you see Toppin has been very beneficial in that as well. So yeah, Hart, Hart has been a, 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 just a great pickup. Uh, it was just one of the, one of the best pickups of, of the season. Honestly, we, I, I mean, you could say I'm biased or whatever, but I feel like the acquisitions that we brought in, with Brunson, Hartenstein, and and then Hart at the trade deadline, those are like three of the best off. Those are three of the best executive moves from a team in the NBA this year. Play, I mean, it's just <laughs> it's just facts. I mean, look, look what Brunson has done. We were from 11 seed to the fifth seed, and then you go from yeah, we just we just we just transformed. It just became a much a much better team when those when those three guys got there. Hartenstein, he doesn't score. But his rebounding is at a different level. His ability to rebound the basketball, I believe he has the most rebounds um, coming off the bench in the NBA. Defensively, I didn't think he would be this type of defender. I know he was solid with the Clippers, but what he's done with the Knicks has been sensational. It's it's not even like we lose any type of defensive uh, presence when Mitchell Robinson goes out. He he just brings it every single night. So Hardenstein has been excellent as well. Mitch, I know Mitch had the situation where he was upset. He went on social media, he went on Snapchat, and he talked about his frustrations about not getting the ball enough. And for me, just quickly, I get that. 
But if you want to get the basketball more, you have to make more free throws. You have to make your free throws because teams are going to foul you. You can't go. You can't shoot fifty percent from the free throw line and expect to get the ball on offense. It's impossible. Like I'm gonna foul you because you can't shoot free throws. I'm not gonna just let you dunk on me or do whatever you want to do from an offensive standpoint. So he has he has to work on that. He has to work on that. He should be able to get a double double every single night easily, no question. Not even without him without even getting his number called, just off hustle plays. His double double should be easy. So I know he was upset. Uh, it, it is what it is. It's, it's water under the bridge now. He, he's locked in. Uh, he apologized. Uh, so it, it's just he, he's a special player. We need him. If he's not in foul trouble, I like our chances every single night, every single night. And then for for the Cavs, I mean for the Nets, the Nets the Nets have been the Nets have been surprisingly good. I mean they struggled against the Knicks when they first made that trade, but McCall Bridges, man, I'm telling you, he's gonna be. He's going to be special. He's going to be special. I, I feel like Phoenix, they made a mistake. Why weren't they using him more? He should have been the second option behind Booker, not Aiden. <laughs> they should, uh, Bridges should have been that second option. Maybe, maybe we have a, maybe they have, maybe they're champions. If, uh, if he's, if he's the second option when they went up against Milwaukee, maybe, I don't, I don't know because it's like, we are seeing him get to his spots. It's he's he's he looks like an elite scorer to me. He, he really does. So I, I think with with his ability to continue to grow and develop as a player, now he's 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 one of the guys on the team that that they're going to rely on to close the show and, and make it happen every single night. He's going to get better, and um, he has high IQ. He plays every game. He's a two way player. I could see him having it. I could see him having a big game, regardless of who they play in the series. They can win a game. I, I see the. I see them going – if they went up against the Celtics, I would pick the Celtics in five. But I could see them winning one more game. And um, I could see them winning one more game and potentially taking it to six. I, I really could see that. I, I really could. Um, and Jock Vaughn has done a good job despite all the circumstances. I, I mean, he's done a, just a phenomenal job. A lot of coaches would have folded. A lot of coaches would have been – I'm sure he's stressed out. <laughs> this season has been a roller coaster. You had KD and Kyrie to start the season. Now your two best players are – now your two best players were role players on the previous teams they were on. So it's, and they've still been able to find ways. Dinwiddie, I like he's just art understanding, okay, he doesn't really need to score that much on this team. I see him starting to become more of a playmaker, a true point guard, which is exactly what they need. Um, Claxton, like, like Nick talked about, potential MIP candidate as well, his ability to improve. I see him put the ball on the floor now, going to the basket. He's worked on his free throws so he can be able to stay in games late in the fourth quarter. So I like this team. I like their upside. I think they they're a couple a piece, really a piece away from from making even making making some more noise. And they're and they're right there. They could have easily folded after trading those two guys, but they didn't. They've done a really good job of uh, holding it down. And, and now we're starting to see the upside uh, from this team. So I, I, I like I like the I like the Brooklyn Nets going forward, man. They're, they're going to be a tough out uh, for anybody for anybody. Uh, and the last thing for, for the one thing for the for the Knicks for me also was Randall, Julius Randall, man. He, he he this this so it's it's been a it's been a wild it's been a wild situation with with uh, with Randall in, in New York, right? Like we we love him and we loved him in 2021, then we didn't like him in 2022. Now here in 2023, he's he's playing much better. Uh, he's having a, a great season. I just think 
we should just we should we should just embrace him. I know he has flaws, he has good things, he has bad things, but he came he he wasn't this player when he got drafted. He got better. A similar same thing what I said with Fox and SGA, Sabonis. They 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 you, the people try to just put them in a box and said this is what they're gonna be. And they they exceeded all those expectations. He's one of those examples. He is, he truly is. He's a he's a 24, 10, and 5 guy every night now. That wasn't the case when he was on the Lakers. We saw flashes, but now we're seeing it every night. He plays every game. He's he's just been he's just been great, man. He's, he he really has been just a great great addition. Um, and and he wanted to come here, and he made a big impact. His four years here, he's been a, he's been an All Star twice. He continues to play like this. He's going to go down as one of the best New York Knicks of all time. It's just it's just facts. He's only twenty eight years old. He has four or five more seasons of consistency like this. It's just what is going to happen. It's just a fact. So uh, we just, just I mean, he's not perfect, but we just need to embrace him, man, because he's he's getting better and he's mentally tough. He's mentally tough, and uh, I think um, you know now with Brunson, now it takes off a lot of pressure off of him. So I'm really interested to see what he does in the postseason and how he responds because we know what happened in 2021. All right, uh, just speed round for this playing, playing chase. We go with Michael. Nick, and then I'll follow up, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up and, and get out of here. Well, as far as the 9-10, Toronto just got spanked by the Bucks. I think, today where, you know, the MVP shot 100%, so it's kind of hard to go for it with them. But we also got news that uh, Lonzo may end up having knee surgery that puts him out for even next year. So you can't really have any faith in Chicago, what they actually have for going on for for future as well so i'm just going to go ahead and stick with the miami and atlanta the winner of that's going to be the seventh seed and whoever loses is going to end up being the eighth seed as well because i feel like toronto has some size at least and of course you're playing the number one team so i'm kind of being a little more down on them than i probably should for toronto because they're close to being relevantly good team but i feel like atlanta and miami are the better teams as of right now uh, the records are, are neck and neck at eight and nine, but I think Atlanta will end up being the eighth seed. Miami will be the seventh seed. All right, Nick, what about you, brother? Oh, you muted. All right, cool. I'm good now. Seven AC Miami. Um, I'm easily giving this to the Heat, you know. I feel like they're more disciplined. I feel like they're more battle tested. Atlanta this year, it's been a roller coaster, especially with me covering the host for, uh, for Sports Illustrated. You know, it's been it's been one hell of a year. They're still trying to figure things out for themselves. I just think you know this this. I feel like this should be a def, definitely be a very very important summer, as far as like you know just rebranding the team, getting some getting you know some different supporting cast around guys like Trey Young and, and Dejounte Murray. Now I'm not saying that. The Hawks are not going to make the playoffs, but in this matchup, I will definitely give the edge to Miami. Miami will, qu- will uh, claim us at seven seed. As far as for Toronto and Chicago, um, you can't you can't you can't discredit the tandem of Zach Levine and Demar Derozan because they both have had pretty decent seasons numbers wise, but obviously the impact for the team has not been there. Mm-hmm. And then of course with Toronto, you guys you got the tandem of Fred VanVleet and Pascal Siakam. I'll probably give the edge to Toronto in this in this scenario here, just because I do feel like they have the better supporting cast. 
you know, as far as, you know, as far as for both teams. So that will lead to Atlanta and Toronto playing in that last, for that last eight spot. And because even though Atlanta has had their ups and downs, I, I'm still a believer in Trey Young in playoff or playoff or postseason situation. He showed it even last year in the in the playing tournament against Cleveland, really be, really being able to close that contest out. So, with that being said, I will I will pick Atlanta if 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 this will be the matchup. I will pick Atlanta to pick the the Clippers at eight seed. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this is gonna be a it's gonna be interesting. I think this this is how it's gonna be for the playing. These next, I don't think anything's going to change. I think those are going to be the four teams in the playing tournament. If it's it, Miami versus Atlanta, we, we saw that last year. Uh, it's a little different now because they have DeJounte Murray. So you can't just trap Trey Young and make you know everybody else beat you because DeJounte can definitely score and make things happen. He's able to create with, with, with the basketball. It's they just they just give uh they just gave Bogdanovich an extension. That that was okay. That that was good. And we add some depth. He's he's had a really solid season. I think they played much better since since bringing in Quinn Snyder. Um, Capella, they're they're good. They're good. But I would still favor Miami in that one just because of the experience. Butler, Bam Adebayo, uh, Tyler, Tyler Hero, those guys. They want to make some noise. I don't know what Kyle Lowry's status is going you know going forward, but you know Gabe Vincent has done a really good job. Uh, this year, honestly, every year he steps in when when his when his numbers called, he always has big games. He makes things happen. So I would favor Miami if they were able to meet up uh, in, in that matchup. And then nine ten, it's a, it's really it's really a, a pick 'em because I, I've seen I've seen some really some really good things from Toronto as of late in, in certain aspects. I know they lost tonight, but they they played well um, in, in some areas. I believe they were they were undefeated at. Uh, they were undefeated at home. They were on a win- winning streak uh, for the last few games. I believe it was like eight, eight in a row. And the Bulls, Levine and DeRozan have really started to pick it up because I think they understand, like, we're we're too good to miss the playoffs. Like, like, we're just we're just too talented to just not be playing in the playoffs. So let's let's pick it up. Not having not having Lonzo Balls is a big factor, man. Prayers up to him. Uh, he's supposed to get cartilage knee replacement surgery, um, so that 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 surgery right there will pretty much, in my opinion, decide you know what what his career would look like. Uh, you know, when you when you start to lose that cartilage in your knee, that's when it gets tough, and he's not going to be able to run like that. So hopefully, that cartilage replacement knee surgery is uh, is successful. He could get back, get healthy. Uh, because he, he, I think he, he was on his way to continuing to improve as a player as well, similar to what I talked about with some of those other players earlier. Patrick Beverly, they, they brought in Patrick Beverly, and he, he's he's played some great basketball for for this team, knocking down shots, playing defensively. He's bringing that defensive mindset at, at the guard position that they need. Um, he's 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 done a he's done a great job. He's obviously from Chicago, so it's that that also is a is a big factor. He was playing for his hometown team. He's just bringing. He's he's doing exactly what he always does. Um, and I, but now he's just scoring a little bit more, which is good. Which is good. If he's able to space the floor in addition to what he already brings, he, he's a he's a he's a he's a quality quality role player in the NBA. So uh, I like the pickup. I think he's going to be there for, for a foreseeable future uh, because of what he's been able to do since they acquired him. And 
Uh, again, I'm not the biggest fan of Billy Donovan in terms of scheme and schematics. I think, you know, looking at the, the Bulls season, that kind of speaks for itself there. But they still have two two players that could go get 50. We know last year Levine got hurt in the in the playoffs, uh, before the playoffs. So we didn't really get to see them against Milwaukee in full strength. They was able to get one game. The Rosen went crazy. And then after that, they, they struggled. So if they were to match up again, Milwaukee, Chicago, you know, they're right next to each other from a, a, a geographical standpoint. That that would be uh, that would be another fun matchup also. So uh, this this plan looks good, man. I really can't wait to see uh, what, what happens on both sides of the conference. Guys, that wraps it up for tonight's episode of MNC Hoops. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button also make sure you hit that subscribe button and then we hit the subscribe button hit the notification bell and then hit all so you can see when we when all of our uh, videos are uploaded whether it's clips from from this live stream from the full podcast and or uh shorts that we put up on, on youtube as well follow us on instagram at mnc hoops twitter also at mnc hoops as well if you're on facebook and you want to follow us and give us a follow and like and show us some love. It's the same MNC hoops as well. So we really appreciate all the love. We begin a lot of feedback. We look at our interactions and, and some of our analytics on our posts and we really appreciate the support from everybody uh, that's been looking out against some new followers as well. So we really, we're really grateful for you guys. Where, Michael, where can the people find you? Nick can follow up and we can get out of here. Honestly, don't worry about finding me. Just find MNC Hoops on Twitter, at MNC Hoops. Find us on Instagram. I think it's MNC Hoops uh, underscore. Actually, I haven't got on that in a while. But the main thing is just go to Linktree slash MNC Hoops, and you can find all of our links to everything. You go and find that, and you'll find me there as well. And that's all that really matters because we get paid that way. And I'll be happy anyways, okay? <laughs> First and foremost, another great episode as as always. Make sure to follow us at MNC Hoops at all platforms. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe on any platform you listen to, podcasts, Apple, Spotify, you name it. Give us five-star reviews. I think that we are deserving of that. As for me, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at NickAndreATR. And check out the link in my bio. Yes, sir, hit the link. Hit the link in the bio for Nick. Man, dropping articles all the time. Man, quality, quality content. Definitely, definitely look out for that. You can find me on Twitter at cjames9. Um, when you when you follow me there, you'll see everything else that I'm working on. Uh, we really appreciate you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. Have a good one. Yeah.